Hey again. Yeah. Donald Trump just got impeached. At the time of recording. Yeah, it literally just happened as we're uh, recording. The United States House of Congress just voted to impeach Donald Trump on their first article of impeachment, which is abuse of power. Oh, but two Democrats voted yes. And all the Republicans voted no. Now, if that's any, any indication for you, this is going to go absolutely nowhere in the Senate. Well, I mean, you know, that was always my worry. Want to know how I feel about it? How do you feel about it? Is this a metaphor? Shit sucks, dude. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Gannon Chubb Show. That's Gan. Hey, guys. How's it going? My name's Genhart. My name is my last name because my friends don't allow me to have a first name. My name is my name. (laughs) My name is... My name is... My name is... Baby Yoda. See, it's topical. I figured it out. Got him. Oh, shit. Did you not do anything? Uh, Your mic wasn't turned on. Thankfully, you said nothing. I mean, uh, that's we yeah. can do the whole podcast like that if you want. I, I would, I would not prefer it. You talk a lot in this podcast. I do. I write down. I, I just react things to the and then read them like. on on show. Right. And and then I I go to bed and um that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, half the show is just like me reacting to. The dumb shit you find on the internet. So I, I I really strive to find uh, out the dumbest shit about whatever movie we watch that I can. Um, it's a noble cause. Not too much dumb shit this time because we actually watched uh, one of the most enjoyable, pure movies you can watch, and that is Batman, nineteen sixty six. Oh yeah, baby! So happy that we're doing this. I found some baby. Uh, we'll talk about it. Later on, Josby, what have you been? What have you been doing? You've done anything? Have you done anything with your life? A little bit. Your of mother stuff. and I are very disappointed in you. So am I. Oh, okay. So I mean, that's it's fair, right? Yeah. I don't. Know, I've been playing a lot more Beat Saber. Um, I feel like I've cracked the code to Beat Saber, man. I did the hacker, man, <laughs> on Beat Saber. You know what I mean? You die hard forwarded. I did. Just like, I don't know, I hit this point where like I just understand what the systems of the game are going to do to me during charts. And be able to just roll with it. And I'm at the point where like you know, you see those segments where there's like a bunch of notes flying at you, and you're like, what the fuck's going on here? And I kinda learned that most of it is just alternating your hands, right? And then the only things you have to really worry about are the way you start your movement with your hands and where the notes are. Okay. And then you just kind of, like, got to adapt to that rather than, like, 
a sensory overload of a bunch of shit. That makes sense. That's how a lot of rhythm games feel for me once yeah. I get to a point where I'm, like, good at it. Right. Sometimes it takes a while. I mean, I love Guitar Hero and Rock Band, but... I still struggle with that those games. That took a minute. That took a minute. Yeah, I still struggle with those games. They're hard. They're very hard. The only part of Rock Band that I handle well is the drumming. That's just right. because I'm already a drummer, so it works for me. You understand how the rhythm works for right. that specific thing. The advantage of that is, like, that they did their they did a pretty damn good job of making it as close as they could to a drum set. Yeah. <coughs> and, it, like, everything makes sense, like, what they did with it. They did a really good job with the way they designed the drums. So, go, coming in, like, like right from the bat, like, when Rock Band 1 came out, I already knew what I was doing, and it was fine. Cool. And, like, this, this, is, this game's been interesting. Beat Saber's been really interesting for me. Because there's no other rhythm game like this, so it's a very nah, interesting no. concept. It's a weird one. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm getting there on this one, but there's I'm on Expert right now, and I'm beating a lot of songs on Expert, but there's one more difficulty after that. There's Expert Plus, which is even crazier. <sighs> Expert Plus? Yep. Is that like when you play a song on two times speed on Guitar Hero? The charts are fast. Like, the charts do move faster. Okay. Which I don't like. I wish I could slow them down. Hyperspeed. Yeah. Like, a game like Beat Saber doesn't need hyperspeed. No. Well, unless you're, like, really physically able to do it, I guess. They're just notes are moving too fast. There's, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of ways you have to, like, prepare your hands for notes sometimes. Yeah. And, like, it moving too fast is just, like, fucking terrible. You're gonna flail around like a noodle. Mm-hmm. I Sometimes I feel like I'm flailing. I don't know what's going on outside of the headset, but sometimes I, I, I imagine that it looks like I'm flailing around like a noodle. Except I'm like FCing songs. <laughs> Something really important I want to ask you. Yeah. Uh, last week we talked about the Game Awards, which was a weird thing to do when the episode came out after the Game Awards. It was. But, oh well, fuck it. Didn't think about that one there, did we? No, we didn't. Rest in peace, Gen and Jub show. <laughs> yeah. All credibility removed. Facts. Uh, but anyway, now the Game Awards uh, show, that what, what happened and it was stupid. But anyway... Um, Green Day showed up, and that was weird. And then oh, yeah. the whole reason they showed up was, I guess, to promote Beat Saber DLC. Yeah. So, have you played the new Green Day song in Beat Saber? I have played the Green Day stuff in Beat Saber. Uh, not all of it. <laughs> You're avoiding the new song specifically? Right. So, the way I looked at it, all right. So, I went to go buy the songs, right? I opened it up. There's a tab for them there. It's like, oh, these are Green Day songs. Buy them. And I went to go look, and I was like, okay, so... Alright, this is a six-song pack, okay? Okay. The songs are $2 each, right? Yes. Okay, so it's $12 to buy all the songs individually, right? Or it's $8 for the whole pack. Oh, so you literally got... You you didn't pay for the bad ones. Because I think there's two from their new upcoming album. Yeah, so it's like, I'm just going to... Like, I'm going to pay the same price anyway. So I might as well just get them. I'm even I'm not going to play them. Maybe somebody will. I won't. I won't play them. I'm curious. I want to see someone try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if the chart's good, Justin? But I'll have a really bad time. Those what if are, the chart's good? Those knockoff Jet songs are worse than, like, the OST songs on that game, which are not very good. We're playing Beat Saber! Blah, 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 We're playing. We're playing. At least the chart's fun. Play a beat saber. At least it's fun. I love that song on Rock Band where it goes, "It's Rock Band." Right. Yeah, you got a guitar in your hand. Oh, it's Rock Band. Right. That's what it feels like, dude. 
Oh god. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I guess like since it was like an indie game, they couldn't like really get any anything licensed right yeah. away. Not until it became a phenomenon. You know what's weird? Like I, I hate to keep comparing it, but like it is comparable to Guitar Hero and Rock Band. The early Guitar Heroes had that weird thing going on where, like, they were all covers. Yeah. And they sounded like shit. The cover licenses were yeah. so much cheaper. And so much cheaper Rock to just re record it. like, half the songs on the track list. Um, Rock Band came out around when they stopped doing that. Rock it's Band came out around the same time as Guitar Hero 3, and yeah. they kind of almost completely stopped doing cover songs. So, like, a couple, and then they completely eliminated it. Because by then they had enough money to, like, actually get things done. Right. And then all of a sudden they didn't, and then then you don't have those games anymore. Oops. Oh, because they put out too many. Bye-bye. Also, the fad just kind of went away, I think. I'll blame Activision, 100%. I think, uh, yeah. Because even, like, even though, like, harmonics with the Rock Band stuff, even though Rock Band 4 did okay, it's harder for them to make any kind of traction when Activision ruined the fucking plastic instrument genre as a whole. There was just too many at once. Right. By the time Rock Band 4 came out, people are exhausted of it, and it's hard to get people on the outside into it. Rock Band 4 was great for people who are already fans of Rock Band. I think that was all it was meant for. It, they dumped way too much money in it to bank on just Rock Band fans buying it. I agree. And uh, it was it was I'm really damn sure it was a financial loss for them, which sucks. They still got a DLC coming out. We're still updating it. But none of the DLC is very interesting to me. I do want to play Old Town Road, though. I feel yeah, like that's awesome. Uh, I was thinking about busting it out again. Maybe, like... I'd love to play 4. I've only played 3 in recent years, so... Yeah, I was thinking about busting it out sometime soon here. Busting it out. It. Yeah, never played again. Um, but... And, those games make me so sad, because I love them so much. And Rock Band 4 has its own pitfalls. That really hurts it. Well, you don't like custom solos? Nope. That solo and Freebird hits, and you just go... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> that sounds just like how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I don't know. Harmonix has a new, new game out for VR. Yeah, I'm hearing it's that. Autica. It's really cool looking, and I kind of want it really bad. I hope they can find something beyond Rock Band because I think Rock Band has a limited shelf life. Uh, it really seems that most people that are even willing to play that kind of shit mainly go with like Clone Hero now. Because they could do whatever they want with it. This is part of why Custom Beat Saber is so popular. Custom like, charts. Yeah, because like the the devs of Beat Saber, Beat Games, is what they're called. They were just that like makes sense. they were just like, oh, "Fuck it, go ahead." <laughs> and everybody just made their own songs because they only had like but when Beat Saber first released on PC there's only like eight songs in the game right so they were like they added like the, the there was three volumes of the OST on it right they only had volume one when they first came out and they added the other two later so they were like well here's the here's the here's how you make beats here's how you make tracks have fun and then everybody fucking blew that shit up there's so much goofy shit. It, it, it's in the same vein as Clone Hero, where like there's some really good fun charts, and there's also memes. There's a lot of memes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's the one, entirety of Shrek. Uh, Adam, uh, my friend Adam, uh, who did our graphics, shout-outs to him, uh, showed me one before 
he has an HTC Vive, and he showed me one before that was like just just Goku transforming into Super Saiyan Four, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like stupid hard. Oh, oh, the iconic like this is one step further beyond. See? Yeah, that was three. That was three. Oh, that was three. Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry, that was three. That was actually from Z, not from the, the one that that everyone likes. Oh yeah, GT. The Star Wars prequels of yeah, Dragon Ball right. Z. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, but it was, it was so fucking funny. Of memes like that. Uh, he had a fun song from SpongeBob. There's like all kinds of shit. That's that's fun. And like, makes me kind of wish I had it no, on PC, no but intended. my lowly baby PC can't run it. At least you can play a new Green Day song. Yeah, I got that one okay song by Panic of the Disco. High hopes. It's okay. <laughs> Panic at the Disco was good a long time ago. Fuck, I'm being, I'm gonna get sued by the Panic for going ba 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 ba. gonna sue you. Thank God. <laughs> You'll be okay, I promise. Every time you say the words higher hopes, you owe them ten cents. <laughs> I don't got ten cents, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Who has ten cent? But China. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh. So anyway, do you want to talk about video video games? Yeah. And how they suck. Yeah. Alright, so, yeah, the Game Awards were bad. Terrible. Um, I think the big reason they were bad is mainly because you have this weird off year where Sony and Microsoft kind of only have limited things they're going to continue to release for the PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, because they're coming up on next gen. New consoles coming out next year. And then Switch, you know, Switch always kind of does its own thing. Nintendo's kind of a wild card. You never know when they're going to show up at something or not. Everyone was assuming they were going to show up and have a Smash character, including us. And no, they're doing that on their own time. There may be a reason for that. Probably not ready know. yet. Probably just not ready yet. That's possible. You know, I'm not going to rush Sakurai, but where is it? Probably but where is it, though? I'm going to guess we're not going to see anything until January at this point. Like, there's but no where way. is it, though? Well, you you got to think also, like, they're probably all going on holiday break here. Uh, like, this weekend. So... Yeah, sure. But uh, that, I think, combined with last minute, uh, nah, we don't need to do the Game Awards thing, by Jeff kind of things, really yeah. hurt it. Apparently, <sighs> Half-Life was going to have its announcement of Half-Life Alex at the yeah. Game Awards. Yeah, and then it got caught. And then... It got leaked. I don't know if they... See, okay, if I was Valve, I would have reconsidered... Having that be the big one more thing announcement at the Game Awards and just let it be released on our own schedule. Because if you think about the rabid fan base of people that are Half-Life fans and how many people have been waiting for any shred of information about Half-Life 3 for decades. Yeah. Uh, how fucking angry those people would be when a new Half-Life game is shown off that isn't Half-Life 3, but is a prequel. I feel like the internet would have melted down over that more than they did when it was just, okay, here, hey guys, here's our new VR game, Half-Life Alex, Just on the internet randomly. With the context of it being a big event reveal at the Game Awards, I think there would have been anger about it. So maybe Valve was smart to see that, uh, well, let's not do that. Right. I think that's a very smart business decision, if I do say so. Yeah. Uh, 
And I also have to wonder if Resident Evil 3 was going to be there, but then it got leaked and they decided not to. But then I also have to wonder how much you need the Game Awards to announce your game anyway, because... I don't think you do. And this is a question I have about E3 as well, because if you think about the way that these things work, you get like 10 big news stories in one day, uh-huh. and everybody's fighting for news coverage. Uh, and something's going to get left by the wayside. Whereas if you announce your thing on just a random fucking Wednesday afternoon... You're the video game news of the day. Like Resident yeah. Evil 3 got to have a whole day by itself. Half-Life Alex got to have a whole day to itself. I think that helps people get hype and be aware. Yeah. Maybe even more than being part of this big, giant video game awards show and right next to eight other things that people are going to divide their attention towards. Yeah, I uh, see that. I think it's possible. I think the way people are revealing their projects are changing. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, it's just evolving with like the daily gaming news coverage cycle. You have a lot of a lot of places just doing like daily daily news shows on YouTube and stuff like that that people watch. Yeah. Uh Kinda Funny has a really big one. Kinda Funny Games Daily. It's I watch huge. that all the time. Um Inside Gaming Daily is back. Cool. Which is uh I don't know if you ever watched that back in the day. But that was uh an old, old machinima show. Yeah. That uh the guys who are now Funhouse, uh, we're struggling to get back from them forever. And now none of the original founders are there anymore. They're all gone. Oof. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Machinima. Oof. Oof. But yeah. So you, do you see these? Like they're really popular, and I can understand why they're fun. I I I watch quite a bit of them myself because uh, normally I don't have the time to you know flip through daily news as much especially like during the week which is when all these fucking announcements are dropping now <laughs> yeah so I rely like, on you don't even people. have to watch that you could just see it on twitter and be right. like oh resident evil 3 is a thing yeah and like it, it's everywhere and or i could just put on like i could put on inside gaming which is like a 12 minute show and sure. then they could break it down for me in audio form and i could just listen to it while i'm like doing shit yeah which is cool so, I, I think that's an aspect of it, and I think Jeff Keeley, the Dorito Pope, really <laughs> needs to reconsider what his game awards are going to be. Yeah, I think people are more frustrated with it this year than ever before, just because, like... Well, if you don't have the big announcements, it, what's the show for? Because it should be for the awards. Yeah, but it's not. But it truly isn't. There were very... There were so many awards that, like, kind of just got casually stated directly to you with Jeff reading off of a teleprompter. Right. And then just, that's it. And the award goes to Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, all right, next thing. A big reveal. Ooh. It, it was way more focused on the reveals and lots and lots of bad commercials. Including for the Google Stadia. Yeah. Those were embarrassing ads. Yeah, I've been hearing around on the internet everywhere, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. Like, do you realize how terrible your platform is? You should be shutting up for a while. I wish Reggie Watts didn't choose to shill for them. Yeah. Oof. I like Reggie Watts. What the fuck? Yeah, me too. (laughs) There were some good moments at the Game Awards. Um, The biggest announcement was the Xbox. Yeah. The Xbox fridge. 
It should be called that instead of what it's called. The Xbox? <laughs> it's the Xbox Series X, which technically means there's going to be multiple ones. Yes. But this first version of it is going to be the Series X. Will they all be other letters? Will they have other code names? I don't know. Why are Microsoft so bad at naming things? Just kind of their thing, dude. Let's just compare it to PlayStation. All right, what's PlayStation's first console called? PlayStation. Okay. What's Microsoft's first console called? Xbox. What's PlayStation's second console called? PlayStation 2. Xbox second console called? Xbox 360. Oh, oh look, the problem has arisen. <laughs> Immediately. Why did they jump 359 numbers? <laughs> I get that it's like, ooh, it's like, you know, like, I guess we're implying that the first one's the 180 with that naming convention. So then the second one's the 360, right? We're going rotation degrees. Yeah. So then what's next? 540? Yeah. Or do you go 720? Do you go a full rotation for the next one? Do you, How do you decide this? What do you do? But, but then, you know, hey, Xbox is like, we're smarter than your naming convention, Sony. We're going to name our third Xbox, not the Xbox 3, not the Xbox 720. But we're going to name it the Xbox One. <laughs> going backwards, 359 numbers back to where they began. Uh, it, they're like they're like the Fast and Furious of naming their entries. Like, I, I don't... I don't know. Like, we're on the fourth one, and it's the name of the first one. Right. Which is a thing that Fast and Furious did. Yeah. When are we getting the Xbox Tokyo Drift? Because I, I would prefer that. To I think this is going to be the Xbox. Xbox Series X. I think this is going to be the Xbox Tokyo Drift. That's all the negatives I can really say about it, because the positives are numerous. It's a PC tower. It's kind of a meme look, but I like the look, actually. Me too. Um, the more I think, I think about neat. it, the more I think that this is probably how consoles will start to look in the future. It's yeah, a PC tower. The further advanced they get, they're going to look less like a stupid VCR and more like a PC tower. Yeah, makes sense to me. You're either gonna go. You're either gonna go big, tall, or big, flat. Pick one. Like there's, and that, I think that's the way Microsoft saw it. Was they were probably designing the architecture for this console, and they were like, "This thing is going to end up being bigger than the Xbox One. Let's make it tall." Instead. They didn't want it to be a big, wide box. They right. wanted it to be a big, tall box instead. Right. Which Maybe I, that'll make it less portable. But at this point, is it even portable? Do you want to take this thing to a friend's house? Maybe not. No, you don't really do that anymore. It's not like back in the day where, like, the handle on the GameCube was actually interesting. <laughs> right. I mean, PS4 is fairly portable. It's easy to carry around. Just you, throw it, it in the as in to carry it around. I don't mean literally portable. I mean, like, just yeah. to take to a, a function at yeah, another like, location. But, like, where the Xbox One, like, has trouble fitting in my bag. That thing heavy, too. It's, yeah, it's big, bulky. It's really heavy, but if you drop it down the stairs, I assume it will shatter. Oh, immediately. Whereas the Switch is really light, and if you drop it down the stairs, well, it'll probably shatter, too. No, you'll probably lose a Joy-Con. You might lose a Joy-Con. Nintendo makes their stuff pretty hardy. Yeah, the, no, the, uh, the design architecture of the Switch is actually very interesting because um, the way the Joy-Cons are attached to it is basically designed to make the Joy-Cons take the impact first. Nice. And so, like, for example, my I'd girlfriend... I'd rather lose those than the consoles. Right. So. My girlfriend dropped her Switch really bad, and it tore up one of the Joy-Cons really bad, but the actual Switch itself completely unharmed. Nice. So, yeah, anyway, I, I just... but. The fact that it's going to be apparently completely backwards compatible, yeah, which is uh, smart, is I, noise. I think I know Sony's... we're in this like all digital future, but like 
if PS5 does that, it's going to be revolutionary. I think it is. If it plays discs from the 4, 3, 2, and 1, I'm going to be fucking floored. I think that would will. be revolutionary. I think they're going to try to make it work. The, the one they're going to they're going to have the most trouble with getting PS3 to work, but I think they can do it. If I can just plop in Spider-Man on the PS1 and Spider-Man on the PS4 and both of them fucking work in a PS5, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. It's really a hassle to have like all your old gaming consoles still, just in case you want to play something from mm-hmm. a past era. Oh, yeah. Both these consoles are going to be $500, too. I'll tell you that right now. There's no way they're not, but I'm almost kind of okay with them being expensive this time around, because if they add that technology to them, it's kind of like upgrading your 4. Right, but that's... And your that's, 4 is still viable until you get the next one, right. probably. So that's kind of the direction they're going for. Obviously, there's going to be you know games that you can only play on the new hardware, because the old hardware can't run it. Yeah, but I assume there's still the the one and the four. That's really stupid. Even that uh, <laughs> will still be supported for a couple years. Yeah, they always are, and it'll be easier to do so now because you could play those games on the new console. You're not you losing know, all your four games. Right, you we already know at the very least the PS PS5 can play PS4 games. At the that's very still least. important. That's yeah. still important because there's no reason not to carry over all that infrastructure now because. Once again, it's all digital getting, mostly. Right, it's getting more like PCs now, so it's easier to run this stuff. Which, thank God. Yeah. Because I mean, I love, I like, I like my PC. It's fine. Um, I love, I love consoles though. I love having a controller in my hands. I love having everything in one box. It's small. Um, plus, on top of that, I love console exclusive games. Like, I, I love. There's so many good games across them. Right. So I want them at the very least a PlayStation and a Switch. Microsoft getting the head start on Sony might be incredibly significant. Yeah. Because now Sony has to probably be in this position where they probably need to heavily consider what their console looks like and what their console can do. Yeah. And if they were considering not having full backwards compatibility, maybe now they are considering that it has to. Because, well, the Xbox has it. But if the PS5 doesn't, that's a clear minus on a comparison, and if it lo- if it's a big flat ugly thing, that's a minus on a comparison. And if it's more expensive, that's a minus on a comparison. They yeah. need to heavily consider their shit. You know, obviously the Xbox aren't be- flopped their X dick on the table, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm honestly all for it. I'm I'm already quite convinced that Xbox is going to win this console generation. Coming up here, the flip flop continues. Yeah, yeah, I can see it happening. They've got you think about what Xbox has in front of them right now. They have all this like incredibly gamer friendly shit with Game Pass being incredible, and you just being able to carry all that shit over on your next Xbox too. Yeah, which is like you could plug in your Series X, start up Game Pass, and all those games are still available. You can still download all of them with your account. It's not that expensive either. You can get that and gold for like I think it's like eighty dollars a year. Yeah, there's their services are far superior to PlayStation's right yeah. now. The only the reason why PlayStation is better is because like right now is because the competition is the Xbox One. Right. That's and that's it. still a pretty wonky system. Yeah, well yeah, they're they're still flawed from And it doesn't mistakes. have the exclusives. Right. So if Xbox can fix that next gen, they'll easily fucking yeah. win. And I think they will because a big thing is all the mistakes of the Xbox One were pre Phil Spencer. Yes. I think that's a big deal. So, we're we're heading into the actual first console with Phil Spencer at the head. 
I, I think, think really I think he has the potential to knock it out of the park. Yeah, because so what too. he did during the Xbox One generation the, the was he make down. he softened the blow basically. Yeah, like he did the best he could with a crap situation and molded it into something that wasn't so crap. Yeah, and I think that's honestly. Impressive. I think the Xbox One's a great console to own right now. Full stop. If somebody was going it's out fine. this holiday season, yeah. they're asking what console to get. Like, let's say you, you, have a, you have a hardcore gamer in your life who like wants to play a bunch of different games and shit. I would not tell them to get a PS4. I would tell them to go get an Xbox One with a year of Game Pass Ultimate and just give it to them. Don't you have to buy many you games. You genuinely have more games you could play on the Xbox One. Right. That it way. Is, it is like 80 or I think it's $80 right now. And, and on top of that, you get your first three months for a dollar when you sign up for the first time, right? Yeah. So you so you get a year and three months for like eighty one dollars, right? And then you and then the consoles are on. You can get an Xbox One S for two hundred dollars right now. So you can get for for less than three hundred dollars, you can get you can get a uh, love the loved one in your life who loves playing video games an Xbox One S with a year and three months of Game Pass Ultimate, where all the Xbox exclusives are already on there, including a library of some fucking incredible games. And you just hand it to them, and right out of the box, they get booted up and pick what games they want to play and download them. Done. It's great. Fantastic. And, and it'll continue to be better in the next gen, probably. Yeah, it'll, it'll continue to be like that. Yeah. Like, we know we know where Xbox is heading already, and this is kind of what makes me excited for the Series X. If, if the PS5 doesn't have some kind of game subscription service... PS Now does not compare. No, it no, sucks. not in the slightest. Uh, but if they don't have some kind of, basically, it's Games Pass kind of thing... Yeah, buying the next Xbox is more viable than buying the next PlayStation. I'll probably stick to PlayStation. Not not like I can buy a console fucking year right. one anyway, but I'll probably stick to PlayStation just because if your library carries over, I got a lot of stupid-ass PS4 games. I want to keep them. Right. Especially with PS Plus games that come out all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many games that like I can work on years down the line after I buy them. Like, I'm, I'm playing the fucking Arkham games now, mm-hmm. but I bought them like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, my goal will be to have both, but there's... Like, eventually, right? Yeah. But right now, for me, the factor that determines which one I get is just going to be the first impressions. What console looks better? What console has the least problems leading up to launch? Uh-huh. Because I, I'm not going to pre-order one this time. I will just go out and try to find one. Um, I don't I don't participate Oof. in pre-order culture anymore. So, I will just go out It's and, almost like you don't work at GameStop anymore. Right. I haven't... I only sometimes pre-order Switch stuff because I know I won't be able to get it otherwise. Yeah. And, like, I do not want to pre-order a console. So, because I don't know. I might change my mind last second on which one I want. I'll pre-order a game, like, the day before if I get an unlock when I right, pre-order it. Right, that's That doesn't matter. That's about it. Like, see, I'm that, not doing it, like, see, way that in doesn't, advance. that doesn't help the purpose of yes, pre-orders. Yes, I know. So, you could, doing it the day before is smart. But more often than not, that that stuff's just in the box, and they will just you'll just get it anyway if you just walk in day one and buy the game. Right. Pre order culture is stupid. Mm-hmm. But like, because there's all kinds of things that could change my mind on that. I'm I want both consoles, and if if Xbox comes right out the gate, looks like like uh, Hellblade Two is going to be a launch title, and it looks fucking gorgeous too. Oh uh, yeah. That uh, I need to play Hellblade One still. You do. But Hellblade Two looks. Like, it continues doing the great things that Hellblade 1 does. Yeah, well, Ninja Theory's um, excellent. I'm very excited for everything that they do. And if, I don't know how a there's a Hellblade 2 from what I know about Hellblade, but, mm-hmm. like, fuck it. I, I don't know, whatever, they'll figure it out. Fuck, I guarantee you Halo 6 is a launch title. Guarantee. Yeah, it's possible that that's not even an Xbox One game at this point. Yeah, Halo it might Infinite. just... They might, might set something up to make it for both. 
Like, well, the interesting thing is... Here's the Xbox is, One version. Here's a highly up version for... If the Xbox Series X... I had to remember what the stupid name was. Is basically a PC. Yeah. Do they just release their games on PC still? They do. Like they've been doing for Xbox One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Different it's actually, future, It's man. actually been working for them. So there's no reason not to. Yeah, so... Because especially with Game Pass Ultimate now being out on PC? Yeah. Like, like actually, if you get Game Pass Ultimate, I'm pretty sure it includes PC. Nice. So you can just play your games on PC, too. It's sick. You can play... They're making good moves. On PC. Uh, I'm very impressed with Microsoft, actually, because they were a joke. Yeah. Just, you know... It's weird, this it's weird how stuff goes, right? PS2 is beating everybody's ass, and they're so confident, and then, oops, PS3. And then Xbox has the 360, and they're so confident, and they're beating everybody's ass, and oops, Xbox One. But then there's the PS4. And the PS4 is so confident, and they're beating everybody's ass. But maybe the oops is about to happen. It's possible. Again. We're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. There's... At least it's hard to... I mean, if Sony is smart, they could still stay on top. Yeah. All they have to... There's only a few basic things they have to do. Keep releasing amazing exclusives, right? Yeah. Make the PS5 backwards compatible, at least as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. PS3 might be an issue. You might not be able to play PS3 games. It's Full so weird stop. that that's the case. I know there's some the PS3, technical yeah, error. The PS3 but was like, yeah. so fucked yeah. in the way that they designed it that it's really hard to port PS3 games. That's why even with PS Now going on right now, you can only stream PS3 games. You cannot download them because they cannot run on the so PS4. So weird. I, yeah. What? <laughs> it's it's because of the, the cores they use in the console. And devs had to specifically design around it. For the PS3. That's why you saw so many PS3 ports being really bad. Like, Skyrim's a big one. Where, like, all the save corruption issues and just, like, a bunch of shit just being wrong that were just fine on the Xbox 360. It's because of stuff like that. I haven't played a lot of stuff that's, like, on PS3 that I've also played on, like, 360 to directly compare. But Telltale Games? Whew. Yeah. Way worse on PS3. Because they had to design around it. Third-party games sucked on PS3. Yeah. For the most part. There's a couple that were good. I, I don't know. There's a chance. I don't know how they'll get around it. Yeah, I don't know but if there's a way that they I hope can. they can, because it would be nice to just have a PlayStation. Not five of them. Just one. And it has all of them in it. Yep. That would be sick. But anyway, did anything else happen at the Game Awards or no? I think nothing else happened. Not really, uh, Riot Games announced two of the games they're making. One's a as fucking who cares RPG. CGI trailers. No, no news about it really. Right. That could have just been a fucking announcement on Twitter. Bravely Default Two is happening, even though there was already Bravely Default Two. It's just called Bravely Second. <laughs> Wait, is this one called Bravely Default Two? Yeah. Wait, what the fuck? That's but, was, but Bravely Default Two technically came out in the the, the 3DS as a Bravely Second. This is a different. So game. this should be bravely third, but this is actually bravely default two. Yeah, I'm really confused. Uh-huh. That's stupid. Yes, yeah, Square Enix and their naming conventions—they're terrible with that shit too. Yeah, that's that's that's. It'd be true. like Final Fantasy Kingdom 14, Hearts six, Redux, Titty Juice of Aorsa six, and then they'll put it out. And you'll be like, "What the fuck are you talking?" Damn, about? I gotta play that Titty Juice expansion. That yeah, sounds dude, good. Titty Juice. Uh. A Fast and Furious game that looks like a PS3 game, speaking of which, uh, I don't know why that was their big one more thing announcement. Literally going to just be a Need for Speed game. If, I have a funny theory about this game. Yeah? It is not even a racing game. 
That'd be great. It's literally not even a racing game. It's going to be a Telltale-esque story-based decision-making game. That would be the actual worst. Oh, my God. Yes, it would. But, Jusby, think about how potentially niche a racing game is. And think about how much they want everyone to probably play Fast and Furious. Yeah. What if they just literally make it everyone can play this game? Literally, you're just choosing decisions for the characters to do. Oh, God. So that game's cool. a $60 title, so I'm not I'm not entirely sure. That Maybe it'll be so. kind of a mixture. It'll be like a L.A. Noir-esque game. That's probably not the best comparison, but like, you know... A lot of it is story-based decision-making, and then maybe in every now and then you'll have a bad car segment. I'm going to say it's bad until I know otherwise. Right. Uh, I'm not, I'm like, the fact that they showed no gameplay whatsoever and just cutscenes, and the cutscenes didn't look good, suggests to me that the whole game is cutscenes. That's just my theory. I don't know for sure. Have no faith in that whatsoever. No, it looks terrible. <laughs> Like I said, I've been continuously making jokes that it's just a Need for Speed game since it was revealed. <laughs> <laughs> With the cast of Fast and Furious in it. Can't believe they made a game based on the hit movie Need for Speed. Yeah, dude. Starring Aaron Paul from <laughs> Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, you forgot that was a thing, didn't you? Oh, I did. Oh, man, we got to put Need for Speed on the wheel and have it's one movie and then we're done. <laughs> anyway, um... Oh, and then Beaker was at the Game Awards. That's about it. <laughs> Muppets. Yeah, that was fun. I guess that was funny. That was fine. Um, I hate when the they forced did it. humor at the Game Awards is strange because you could tell that not everybody is into it. Do they cut from Beaker screaming to Norman Reedus going like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> if that guy is confused, you're you're in trouble. That guy was they, willingly in a game where you fight demons with your shit, piss, and blood. Why didn't they do that right, like, on the indie segment or something? I, like, I why know. did they do it before... Games, games for Impact! Right. That was the worst idea. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as jarring as... God, there was that one year where, uh... That guy who developed, uh... That Dragon Cancer came yeah. out. And he had this, like, really fucking passionate and sad speech about... Great speech, yeah. That game. And, like... Then they cut to, like, the Schick Hydrobot. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, my God. You can't do that. <laughs> That's awful. Cut the commercial. It feels like... It's like the same emotion I feel when, like, I'm watching an NFL game and someone gets horribly injured and they're like, oh, fuck. All right, back in a moment. And then they cut to, like, KFC dinner box. And it's like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dude, like... This right, is such a jarring emotion. I'm sorry to evoke bad memories, but, like, when Ryan Cheesier got hurt... Yeah, and then they and then they immediately cut to like a subway commercial right after. Yeah, you can't do I can't, that. I, I will never forget that. The dude was motionless on the, the field. Dude, like, yeah, it's 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 even worse when they do that like picture in picture thing. Yeah, and they show a commercial while the game is still on your screen. So then you see a guy dying, and it's still like fucking bam 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 subway. Right, <laughs> eat shit, and it's like. <laughs> Don't do that. No, like, don't do that. It's like we're actually living in the fucking capitalism hell. We are living in the actual I capitalism agree, hell. I agree, but it's like it's like they want it to be full transmetropolitan, and we're not quite there yet. We're getting there, buddy. <laughs> that kind of stuff makes it seem like we are. The jarring fucking just, like, buy this shit while someone is dying tier of capitalism is here. 
But anyway, oh, God. Uh, fuck Game Awards. I want to talk about something. Yeah, go ahead. Watchmen. Yeah, ended. Is a good show. Yeah. It was a perfect season of television. Right. It was one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. You haven't watched it yet. Uh-uh. Is it because you're an idiot person? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, at least we know now. I have uh, I have trouble catching up on stuff. You, you probably know this about me. All right, well, the good now. thing about Watchmen, though. It took me two years to catch up on BoJack Horseman. Okay, well, the good thing about Watchmen is, as far as catching up goes, it's nine episodes, and then it is fucking done. If they make more, I don't even give a shit. It should only be nine episodes. Okay. You'll watch the first episode, and you'll be like, what the fuck is going on? I have a laundry list of questions. By the ninth episode, they are mostly all answered. I say mostly, but even the original Watchmen had a couple things where you're like, you know, always wonder about thing A and thing B, you know. Before we knew what happened, you just always have to wonder about Rorschach's journals sitting in the burn pile at that right-wing newspaper. Right. You don't know exactly what happens after that until this sequel came out. There's something like that, and there's other things that like aren't necessarily answered, but they're not pressing questions. The pressing questions are answered. And I'm so happy because this is the guy that made Lost, so yeah. I was worried about that a little bit. But apparently he made a show called The Leftovers, which uh, I did not watch, but really I've good. heard is amazing, and I'm going to watch it very soon because... People have been directly comparing it to this show because it's like, you know, the trajectory of his career. Uh, and I need to see that show now, too. If it's even close to the quality of Watchmen, it'll be amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, the dude probably learned, learned his lesson. But but uh, I'm not going to spoil either of these things because you haven't seen Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say something weird happened in pop culture this week. And that is two sequels to Watchmen ended simultaneously at the same time. And, and both of them ended weirdly similarly. Oh. And apparently they happened completely independently of one another. And I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> I, I'm very confused as to how that could have happened. I can't get into many details because you haven't fucking seen the show. Yep. This would have been a better conversation if you had seen the show. Yep. I'm gonna burn you to life. I'm sorry. But anyway. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, it's just so confusing to me. That, like, Doomsday Clock even still exists. For those of you that, that that don't know and aren't initiated, Doomsday Clock was a sequel to Watchmen that is a comic that started coming out in 2017 and just now ended at the tail end of 2019. It's only 12 issues. How'd it take that long? Massive delays. Delays that made it come out and end around the same time the Watchmen TV show that was announced during the run of Doomsday Clock and made during the run of Doomsday Clock and released during the run of Doomsday Clock (laughs) ended before it. Yeah. Which is wild to think. They went through the entire creative process on another Watchmen sequel while a Watchmen sequel was coming out. TV show is far superior. I've read Doomsday Clock, issue 12. I've read the whole thing. Doomsday Clock isn't as good. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. Watchmen is an all-time great season of television. Doomsday Clock is... ah, It's okay. 
It has really good art. I think they chose the wrong person to write it because you have Jeff Johns, who is great, but Jeff Johns is really good at dumb superhero action comics that are great, bombastic, crazy shit like his Green Lantern run. Right. He, I don't think he's as good at aping off of Alan Moore. I feel like this was probably a job more suited for Grant Morrison or someone like that. Someone with more of a galaxy brain <laughs> than Jeff Johns. Uh, I feel like Grant Morrison could have maybe explored the concepts a little more because overall your point of Doomsday Clock is basically if character from edgy comic that changed comics history to be more edgy met Superman, who is pure-hearted character when comics were just stupid and great and not, not unproblematic, if they met what would happen and whose ideology would win out is the point of Doomsday Clock. Whereas the point of the Watchmen TV show is to actually analyze what would actually be a sequel to Watchmen. And it has, as a result, basically the same themes as Watchmen, but additional racial ones that I think were not so present in the original work. That's a direct result of several of your characters being black, and therefore you're telling a very different story. And they pulled it off tremendously well, and they didn't pull any punches with it. White people are the bad guys in Watchmen 2019, and mm-hmm. deservedly so. Um, I say white people. Don't attack me and say not all white people. No one's going to, I'm just saying. Yeah, I hate this. We know. Shut up. <laughs> Republicans who are wearing a, a Rorschach mask are the villains in, in Watchmen 2019. That's not a spoiler. I'm not going into anything. I can tell that from the promotional material. So. Yes. Which is such an interesting idea, and I know it pissed a lot of people off, but like, if you read Watchmen, and then you watch the show, like, I, I don't know how, how you think Rorschach's legacy is going to be... is going to shake out. Right. Like, if, if, if you had hardcore Republican people read his works, are they going to do good things? No. <laughs> Probably not. It was really cool of me to, like, you know, this year we got uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and that's kind of about mm. a superhero being inspired by a dead superhero's message and uh, wanting to carry on that dead superhero's legacy. And it's a positive way. This is the opposite, because the people that carry on that dead superhero's legacy are doing it in a very negative, horrible way. And Rorschach's legacy is one of murder and hate. And it is perpetuated further, in in worse ways than even he could have imagined. So, I thought that was really clever, to kind of flip that script on its head. Yeah. Um, It was probably coincidental that it came out the same year as Far From Home, and that they kind of had a similar... Right. Kind of thing, but completely different. And I think it was also a coincidence that it came out literally at the same time as Doomsday Clock. And they're telling a very different story and their interpretations of what would happen post-Watchmen are incredibly different. Uh, For one thing, 
Doomsday Clock goes, oh, everybody believes Rorschach and everybody is immediately trying to kill Adrian Veidt for killing everybody in New York. Yeah. Watchmen 2019 is more like, no, it worked, though, basically. And, like, obviously it doesn't solve all problems and that's where we pick up. But no one knows. Like, the secret actually held. And that's fascinating and I think more accurate. Like, Rorschach would not be believed. That would be like a 9-11 conspiracy theory tier thing. Right. And that's kind of how it's treated. And that's interesting to me. It ends up being the truth, which I don't know if that muddles the message a little bit. But it doesn't matter because it's not a huge part of the core of the show. They kind of introduce you to it in the middle of it. And then characters from the comic start appearing. And it's literally just a ramp up in terms of quality. I couldn't believe that, like, the first episode was really good, but then the second episode was better, but then the third episode was better, but then the fourth episode was better, but then the fifth, and on and on. I don't think I've ever seen a TV show that, like, actually does that. Usually you have some lulls and, like, it's more of a wavy graph than a complete straight-up incline in the quality of your episodes. Like, I mean, like, look at, like, something like The Mandalorian. It's going up and down every episode, basically. I do not want to watch that show. It's not bad. I don't want to watch it. I'd recommend it. Nope. If I had to recommend you, like, a couple TV shows this year, these are at the top of my list to recommend. That's because you didn't watch BoJack Horseman. You're correct. But that's your recommendation to me. That's how that works, you idiot. I will. All right. You know what? All right. Here we go, Genhart. Here we go. Are you fucking ready? Are you recommending BoJack Horseman? If you watch episode one of BoJack Horseman, I'll watch episode one of Watchmen. Okay, sure. You text me as soon as you watch episode one of BoJack Horseman, and I will watch episode one of Watchmen. You idiot. I was going to watch BoJack Horseman anyway. Right, and I was, I'm going to watch Watchmen anyway. Oh, well, then we're at an impasse. <laughs> no, we're not. It's going to be... It's going to be... You keep bitching me about it. Well, shit, get off the pot. I think the main thing is you have less watching to do. You have nine episodes... I have six seasons. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot, but at least... I I, kind of am tentative to start something that's extremely long, or at least, like, that long, because then I feel like I'm going to start wasting a lot of time watching it. I mean, I waste a a lot of time anyway. It's not a waste. Don't don't get me wrong, but I do want to watch BoJack Horseman. That's a show that's been at the top of my list for years. BoJack Horseman is a very significant, very emotional, and, like... Very funny show. Yeah. All at the same time. It is, as far as, like, the animation goes, it is on that upper same upper echelon as Futurama is in quality. Well, that's that's high praise. Um, it's That's it's high kind of praise, the, man. Yeah, I know. It, and I, I fully stand behind it. It's kind of the inverse of what Futurama is, where Futurama was primarily a comedy first. And then I think BoJack, especially as it gets further into the show, becomes more of, like, a, a heavier drama. With comedy mixed in. Okay, so Instead like, of comedy, with trauma Futurama, like, if you're looking at a season of it, it's like 90% jokes, 10% heartbreak. This one's more like... like 90% heartbreak, 10% jokes? Not quite. It's a little more skewed. Okay, that's it's like, good. It's more, like, it's more like 70% heartbreak, 30% jokes. Okay, I could deal with that. But the jokes are really good, and they're often, but they're small. I've heard... It's like death by a thousand cuts of like animal puns. It's really good. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm here for it. I'll, I'll watch it. Don't get me like I'll do it. Yeah, and I'll watch Watchmen then. 
Okay. You really should. It's a great season I want of TV. To. I, I actually want to. And also, if, if you've read the comic and you liked the comic, I think Lindelof basically described it as, that's the Old Testament, this is the New Testament. And like, yeah, in a lot of ways. That's sick. And it basically makes it so that I don't want Doomsday Clock to even exist. Because I don't want there to be anything else besides this to be the sequel to Watchmen. Yeah. I, and I don't want before Watchmen to exist. I don't want any other Watchmen things to exist. Except these two things. The two books of the Bibble. You just... That's all you need. <laughs> Good old Bibble. The, the Bibble. Alright, Ken. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's transition to a just as serious superhero thing. Yeah, let's do it. It's Batman time. It's Batman time. We watched Batman 66. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Um, I've I've loved the 60s Batman movie since I was a little kid. I got introduced to it, like, really young. So did I. And uh, even back then, I could tell that there was, like, a difference between, like, Batman and, like, this Batman. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting shit. So, uh, let me just get this out of the way first, because I have an official list of what we're going to be watching. Yes. And I'll just state that for the... Yeah, yeah, for yeah the, go ahead. For the, for the court... <laughs> also known as audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took me a while to like come up with like what we're actually going to watch because when you say Batman as a franchise, what do you mean? How many Batman movies are there? There's too fucking many. Yeah. There's direct-to-video animated ones. There's theatrically released live action, theatrically released animated ones. And then I, I got to thinking, like, well, what about things like Joker? That's not a Batman movie, but it's about a spin-off character. It's about a character in the Batman lore. So I landed on, we landed on, movies theatrically released, not just for a fucking weekend fathom event like Killing Joke, theatrically released, designed to be in theaters, movies starring Batman... Or a Batman-related character under that Batman umbrella. So, like, no, we're not going to watch Man of Steel. Right. That's a Superman movie. But Justice League has Batman in it. That's a Batman movie. Yeah. Suicide Squad, main characters are, like, Harley Quinn and Deadshot, who are Batman villains. Right. And it has Batman in it for a little bit. It has Batman in it for, like, a, two seconds. Yeah. Not, not enough. So that's a Batman movie. Birds of Prey coming out soon. Batman it's got movie. several Batman characters in a Batman movie. But no, Batman's not in it. But he's not in Joker, but that's like that's under the umbrella. Okay. So the official list of movies that I landed on is this. Batman, 1966. Batman, 1989. Batman Returns. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Batman Forever. Batman and Robin, which will be our 69th episode, and that's going to be quite a meme. <laughs> Catwoman, which will be even more of a meme. I can't believe we're going to watch Catwoman. That stretch of three movies is going to be the worst. Oh, no. Right after one of the best, too, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, then we have to watch go. Forever, Robin, and Catwoman. Oh, oh, my God. Jesus. And then Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Right. Then Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which is a mouthful of a title and I'll never get used to it. Suicide Squad. The Lego Batman movie, which I've never seen, Justice League, <laughs> Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which I, I debated about putting it in, 
But, like, the main character of the Teen Titans is Robin. So it's kind of hard to not put him in. Okay. Also, enough. Batman's in it anyway. Oh, okay. And also, I believe the villain is Deathstroke, who is simultaneously a villain to both. Teen Titans and Batman villain. Right. Joker from this year, and then Birds of Prey from next year. I, I feel like it'll be out for a month by the time we get to it. But we'll watch it then. I, I'm not excited enough to see that movie opening day anyway. Right. Fuck it. Could be good. I don't. I can't tell with them trailers for that movie. Yeah. That movie could be shit. That movie could be good. Who can say, really? DC's been on a roll lately. Yeah, they have. I'll say that. So, I think that before we talk about Batman, we need to talk about Batman. Oh, okay, yeah. It's about the dumbest way I could have said that possible. <laughs> so, Batman, comic character, probably the best one of all time. Yeah. Everyone knows who Batman is, including all of your aunts and uncles and grandparents. Probably know who he is. Yeah. Batman was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yeah. This is important. Yes, it is. DC didn't think it was important. For years. Do not ever forget the man's name. Bill Finger. More of a creator than Bob Kane. Bob Kane, low-key, kind of a hack fraud. <laughs> I'll say it in front of everybody, I don't care. He's dead, but fuck it. <laughs> They're both dead. But one, I think, legitimately deserves more credit. Now, Batman, of course, usually appears in comics named Batman... But he first appeared in National Comics, which would eventually become DC Comics, Detective Comics number 27 in 1939. By the way, if you manage to get your hands on a copy of Detective Comics 27, you could sell that shit for a million dollars or a million and a half dollars, depending on its condition. Jesus Christ. That's probably one of the, like, besides Superman's first appearance in Action Comics number one, I think yeah. that's the most expensive comic book you can find, literally. Shit. There's some Marvel ones that are very expensive, too, like First Fantastic Four, Amazing Fantasy XV, First Spider-Man, stuff like that. I know all these stupid things. I'm an idiot person. You like comics. Yeah, it's I sad. Could, I could rattle a bunch of shit off about, like, early PC gaming and shit. <laughs> So, like, don't worry about it. Buddy. Yeah, you gave me the primer on the Matrix Online. <laughs> I did, actually, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so, Detective Comics is now a Batman comic, but was first an anthology series written by several writers using several different forms of xenophobia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, not, do not read pre-Batman Detective Comics. It's the most racist shit. It's terrible, yeah. Oh, my God. After the massive success of the character Superman, though, DC decided they needed more superheroes. Bob Kane tried to create a character known as the Bat-Man, but the character looked literally nothing like what he would become. Wearing a small mask, red outfit, large bat wings, basically Superman wearing bat wings. That's what, wow. what this man drew. Creator of Batman, by the way. Only guy. Only one that did it. Anyway, so his buddy Bill Finger comes over. Bill Finger's like the writer of Batman. Bob yeah. Kane's like the artist. But no, Bob Kane was the only guy who made him up. Anyway, he came over and he was like, Hey, 
Why don't we... Uh, and then he just rattles off everything that's iconic about Batman. <laughs> Dark costume. The cowl. The cape. The secret identity of Bruce Wayne. Basically everything. Bill Finger. Bob Kane came up with the name Batman. How how great. Only creator. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hate it so much. So yeah, Bill was left out as a cited creator and was only ever credited as a co-creator on Batman starting in the year 2015, 41 years after his death, eight decades after Batman's creation. First on-screen credit for him is in the movie Batman v Superman. Just, what, what a movie to put. <laughs> Finally attached his name to. He came back from the dead and was like, all right, it's. I understand, I appreciate it that you're finally recognizing me, but don't, just don't put my name There's on that shit. There's a piss jar in this movie. <laughs> I didn't create the piss jar. <laughs> I don't take credit for the piss jar. I do not. <laughs> Fuck, we're going to have to talk about piss jar a lot. Oh, How many times do you think we're going to talk about piss jar before we even get oh, to piss dude, jar? Oh, dude, I'm going to put piss jar counter at least at 100, buddy. <laughs> That's you think I'm not going to constantly bring up Piss Jar? Yeah. Already, we've already said it like six times. Do you think we're not going to reach 100? So, Batman 66 has a lot of characters in it that are big established Batman lore characters. I'll go over them a little bit too. Yes. Because why not? Sure, this is the introduction. This is the intro to the whole series. I think it's important. So yeah. Robin, also co-created by Bill Kane, Bill Finger, but also with Jerry Robinson. Yeah. He's a comics legend. He co-created several iconic Batman characters during his work as an anchor and letterer on Batman, but eventually Bob Kane left to do the news strip version of Batman and he became the actual artist. He's right. an artist of his own. Um, Robin first appeared in Detective Comics number 38 in 1940. Robin was primarily an attempt to get more kids to read Batman comics. And it worked quite well. Doubled sales. Bill Finger also said he created this character so that Batman could have a Watson-like sidekick to talk to, as opposed to Batman simply communicating through thought bubbles. That's all he did early on. Yeah. Batman just talks to himself, basically. Right. It's like playing the Arkham games. Yeah. So, <laughs> the Joker, his most legendary villain, was created by Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and Jerry Robinson. First appeared in Batman number one. The character was originally intended to be killed off in his first appearance, as Finger felt Batman should not have recurring villains, as that would show he was inept at stopping them. And boy, does that kind of create a whole debate about Batman's character. Just the decision to make it so that he doesn't kill the Joker ever. And he just constantly kills people all the time. Uh, yeah, because DC decided against that. They were like, nah, it's too good. You gotta leave him alive so he can come back in like every issue ever. Yeah. And he does. Smart decision. <laughs> to the point where now he's in his own movie without Batman even being too much of a factor. He's such an iconic character on his yeah. own now. So each of the creators kind of offers different conflicting accounts on who created the character. The only, like, similarity between all three accounts is they admit the Joker was... His appearance was based on the appearance of Conrad Veidt as the always grinning character Gwynplaine in the film The Man Who Laughs. Which uh, Which makes sense. It looks exactly like the fucking Joker. Yeah. Uh, He was always intended to be a vicious homicidal maniac. And in fact, in his debut, uh, he kills, like, several people. The Joker was always intended to be that kind of edgy. But the Comics Code Authority happens, 
and the popularity Batman had started to have with children happens. So they kind of alter the Joker a bit from there. Uh, have him become more of a goof, yeah. more of a prankster. And it was only probably around the 70s, 80s, more like 80s, that Joker actually went back to his roots of being homicidal as fuck. So that's kind of how we have him in the 60s being basically a meme. <laughs> like, he doesn't do anything fucked up. He's just like, want to hear a joke? <laughs> Alright, who else shows up? Okay, Catwoman first uh -huh. appeared in Batman number one as well, created by the same people. She was designed simultaneously somehow to add sex appeal and to attract female readers. Catwoman was presented as more of a villain at first, but one less violent and insane than the Joker. Her love-hate relationship with Batman was there from the beginning. In the mid-50s, Comics Code basically makes the decision that Catwoman disappears for an entire decade. I'm not necessarily sure why, but that kind of happened. And then they finally bring her back just in time for the 60s Batman series. And then she's a huge character in that. Right. It's so weird to me that just, like, woman character exists, so they just delete her from existence <laughs> for, like, a decade. Then we got Penguin. We got Riddleman. Penguin shows up. Detective Comics 58, 1941. Riddler shows up. Detective Comics 140, 1948. Created by Bill Finger and Dick Sprang, which is the funniest comics name Jesus of all time. Christ. No, he was great, though. He created all kinds of shit. Uh, so, that's all the villains that are in this movie at the time. I'll kind of, like, do this for each movie as we get new characters from Batman. Because I like comics history. I like going into that kind of shit. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about Bane. Bane? I'm going to really talk about Bane. Bane? Bane is the shit. Unless Bane? we're watching Batman and Robin. Then Bane just says, Brrrr! <laughs> that's, oh, that, God. that's it. So Batman first appears on the big screen in 1943. Now, we didn't watch this because it's not a film. It is a 15-part movie serial. Uh, the serial came up with several original elements that were just co-opted into Batman's lore uh, like the Bat Cave they just didn't have that I guess and a hidden entrance to the Bat Cave located in Wayne Manor under the uh, behind the bookcase pretty iconic things to just get randomly added in a serial uh, serial was a success and spawned a sequel series the se serial sequel yeah serial equal the second one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in 1943. And then in 1965, that original serial was reran in theaters and ended up being weirdly successful. And this led to people considering, hey, maybe we should make something with this Batman dude. And that's when we get the Batman TV series in 1966. History was made. Yeah. Batman... Ran for 120 episodes on ABC from 1966 to 1968. Not very long. Only had three seasons. And the first and second season had basically, they were two-parters. They aired like 
twice during a week, like on, like I think like a Wednesday Thursday kind of format, yeah. where like you know because each first part would end on a cliffhanger, like Batman and Robin are about to fucking die, Joker's got him right where he wants him. Tune in next time, same bat time, same bat channel, right? And then you'd find out that oh they just get out because something stupid happens. Yeah, this happens frequently does. in the movie. When oh yeah, get of to course. It. Um. The show was created by executive producer William Dozier. Dozier? Dozy. Dozy boy. Yeah, sure. Uh, and developed by writer Lorenzo Semple Jr. The series was intentionally campy and silly. Right. This is kind of a debate that people have. Is like, everybody kind of says, oh, 60s Batman, oh, it was so stupid and so bad. And like, yes. Yeah, that's the idea. They entirely meant it to be that. Um, Dozier had never read comics before getting the job to produce Batman, and after researching the Batman comics, he decided that although the network was expecting something more serious, that, like, he had to go this pop art camp way. It was the only way that he could make sense of turning the comic book into a television show. Uh, Dozier was also the narrator of the show and the film, you know. Yeah. Uh, good voice. Yeah. Iconic. Voice. So yeah, Batman started out as a bit of a darker character. But as the character grew in popularity, so did the series' tendency to to, to get weird. To get yeah. a little weird. Just, just, just if you've seen a 60s Batman comic, I don't think the 60s Batman TV show should be any surprise to you. There's right. shit like fucking the Batmite. Yeah. And Zebra Batman. Mm-hmm. And all kinds of weird nonsense going on. This wasn't just a Batman thing. This was a DC thing. Batman's weirdness even pales in comparison to the Superman weirdness of the same era. Superman was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, numerous covers of Superman being an absolute fucking jerk. So, yeah, as such, the 60s Batman TV show is actually an incredibly faithful adaptation in that regard. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of what the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films ended up being. Way later. Yeah. That's like... It's a way to go about it. It's it's controversial maybe for some. Because some people don't necessarily like it to be campy and intentionally stupid. You know? People like to pretend that these comic book characters are ultra serious. And you have to have a great gripping story. But that shit really didn't come out of Batman until way later. Uh, earlier than some people would think. Because everybody kind of likes to cite Frank Miller and The Dark Knight Returns. I, I think it's more an actual progression because you have uh, Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams shit in the 70s. And they start to have Batman do... So they start to like tone down the campiness after the TV show ends. And eventually that all leads to Tim Burton Batman. We'll get to that probably more next week. So anyway, 60s Batman. We can actually talk about the movie now. Yay! <laughs> I just wanted to give a primer. It's fun. So, Batman 1966. It's a film based on the TV show. It was released shortly after the first season of the show concluded. The film is written by Lorenzo Semple Jr., who previously developed the TV series. And he wrote episodes in the first season. The film was directed by Leslie H. Martinson. Martinson directed a Penguin two-parter in the first season. He was primarily a TV director and directed for literally every show ever. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Or at least it felt like it from looking at his filmography. Um, including The Green Hornet. Yeah. Which was also developed by William Dozier. 
and crossed over a few times with Batman. It's iconic shit. They, mm-hmm. like, leaned out of the window, and they were like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> it's good shit. Uh, Wonder Woman, Chips, Fantasy Island, Mission Impossible, Brady Bunch, and the rescue from Gilligan's Island TV movie. This is what this guy did. Yeah. He made stupid shit. He's good at it. He's pretty good at it. Pretty damn good at it, yeah. Uh, film primarily stars the cast of the TV shows reprising their roles. You got Adam West, Batman himself, the one and only, except now there's like nine of them. And he will, if we're ranking Batmans, which is something I would probably like to he's do. He's up there. He's up there, but I doubt he's going to be number one. No. But then again, I do have problems with a lot of the iconic ones, like Christian Bale. So, I don't know. Might be a... We got one that's... Might be a conversation we have. Got one that's going to be the best one. Mm-hmm. And it's the animated one. I'm okay with that. Kevin Conroy's the dude. The goat. West requested more money to shoot the film, but uh, was told that he would be replaced with another actor if he didn't do it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That's amazing. So he was like, all right, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> the role turned him into an icon. But kind of also cursed him to be typecast and ignored for years. Uh, West was reportedly very upset when Tim Burton's Batman was coming out, and they didn't even consider him to reprise, reprise his role. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking, to be honest. It's a completely different kind of thing. But I could see how he has an attachment to the character and felt betrayed. Uh, but throughout the 90s and 2000s, West found a renewed career. Uh, in roles like uh, he, he guest stars in a Batman the Animated Series episode that is amazing. Yeah. Called The Grey Ghost. Right. Uh, and he's the, the Mayor Adam West on Family Guy, which is like, I have my problems with Family Guy, but this is a good bit. Yeah. He's just a literally insane person. He's not Adam West. He's like a different person. But like, he's always good for a weird non sequitur. Uh, Burt Ward plays Robin. Uh, he was frequently forced to do dangerous stunts and was hospitalized several times during production of the show and film. Uh, this is because the producers told him uh, more of his face was shown than Adam West's face, so they couldn't use a stuntman all the time. So they just forced him to do everything. Jesus Christ. And they paid him less, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hollywood, bruh. <laughs> Isn't it great? Poor guy. That sucks. Like West, Ward had trouble finding new roles after Batman ended its three-season run. The two remained friends until West's death in 2017, and they frequently reprised their roles over the years. Uh, Ward actually just, like, last fucking week reprised his role as Robin in that fucking CW Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Yeah. That's some weird shit. That is weird. It's a one-off scene. Uh, a bunch of universes get wiped out by the villain. Uh-huh. And they, they cut to fucking Burt Ward, wearing he's just an old man walking a dog. But, like, clearly it's Burt Ward, and he's wearing colors that are like Robin. And then the sky goes red, and he says, Holy crimson skies of death! And then that universe dies. Amazing. <laughs> so, like, I guess technically if we're speaking canon... Which I don't care. Uh, the the Batman '60s universe has been obliterated from existence by the Anti Monitor. Oops. Bye bye, everybody. Damn. <laughs> Rest in peace. But don't worry, I'm sure Batman and Robin are okay because they always escape impossible situations by like I don't know something happened. Whatever. <laughs> like, 
Get the Red Universe Death Propeller, Robin. <laughs> Get the Red Universe of Death anti-spray and just just spray that universe clean. <laughs> all right. Just sitting in a rack of other repellents and they're all labeled very boldly. <laughs> <laughs> Batman could stop a nuclear launch with, like, a fucking paperclip, okay? He could just do it. It's, it's the nuclear launch prevention paperclip. Yes. And the paperclip's in a really tiny case, but then it has a giant banner. That uh, says the the fact that they label everything is my favorite part. It's, <laughs> it's so... <laughs> It's such a weird decision because that had to take a lot of time. To yeah, do. but like it was worth it. It's not just a Batman thing either. Like the Batcave has the most, but like it's everywhere in the world. Apparently, it just yeah. has labels. Just so you know what that is. It's so funny. I don't understand why they chose to do that. It's such a strange thing. But it's so beautiful. So the other people in the cast, we got our villains. Four villains in this movie. Yes, man. They go for the go big. They go for the go big. Cesar Romero as the Joker. Legend. The Goat Joker. I don't know if that'll stand. We can no, rank Jokers as we go, too, so we'll have like five to choose from. Yeah. Now, Romero... <laughs> he often played Latin lover roles in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So he has this trademark mustache that he views as, like, iconic for his characters. He refuses to shave that shit off and to you play can the Joker. See it. And you can see it every time you see the Joker. And it is my favorite part about 60s Batman Joker. He just has a mustache just painted over with clown paint. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no one gave a shit. No. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. to the charm. Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. He's my favorite. No, oh, he's of great. Of the four. Um... It's maybe because, like, Meredith's probably, like, the best actor involved in this fucking thing. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, he's an extremely accomplished actor. He's had several roles over the years, but, I mean, we know him probably best as Mickey from Rocky. Yep. Uh, a role which he got nominated for Best Sporting Actor. I don't know what he lost to, but he did lose, but at Stupid. least he got nominated. Mickey deserves to win. He did. He did. He's amazing. <sighs> and... I just learned this today. I never really thought about it. He's in one of the best episodes of The Twilight Zone. Which one? The episode Time Enough at Last, where the dude's glasses break and he can't read books. Oh, yeah. And he's just there alone at the end of the world with nothing. That's it. Oh, my God. That's Burgess Meredith. Holy shit. Um, he was great. And he's amazing in this. The Penguin is so fucking weird. Uh, he I, he oddly enough has like the most to do out of the four villains. I think. Yeah. Frank Gorshin is the Riddler. I like Frank Gorshin a lot too. He's a fucking. He acts more like the Joker than the Joker. Okay? Yeah. He giggles more. It's weird. Um, so Gorshin was a comedian and an impressionist. Frequently appeared on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I I read that oddly enough he was a guest. On the show where the fucking Beatles came to America for the first time. Yeah. Weird coincidence. Uh, so Gorshin got an Emmy fucking nomination for playing the Riddler. That's great. In Batman 66. That's great. <laughs> he embraced this part. I stand. He toured with Adam West in character <laughs> in the 60s. Um, he even put out a song as the Riddler. I don't know. I can't speak for the quality of it, but I'll let you know next week. <laughs> Maybe I'll listen to the Riddlers. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> 
Now, however, the Riddler is noticeably absent from the second season and is even played by a different actor a few times later than that. Uh, this is either because of scheduling conflicts or pay dispute. I think Gorshin probably wanted more money than they were. It was probably just like the Adam West thing. He's like, I'm an Emmy, I'm an Emmy nominated supporting actor. I deserve money. Yeah. So do you know how they got around him not being in the second season? Hmm. Uh, they had a Riddler episode written, and they just changed the character to a completely original character with no similarities to the Riddler, known as. The Puzzler. That is terrible. Or Genius, because it's 60s Batman. I don't know. There's no... There's <laughs> not like... There's not a lot of in-between. <laughs> and finally, Lee Merriweather as Catwoman. And this is kind of an interesting one. Merriweather's the second of three actresses to play this character for the 60s series. Right. Julie Newbar plays her in the series' first season. Then she has a back injury, so she's replaced by Meriwether for the film. Then Noir comes back for season two. And then, either because she was not available or they just wanted to do this, Eartha Kitt plays her in the third season. And uh, this will maybe be important for us later down the line, because apparently Eartha Kitt's performance is, uh, for better or worse, an inspiration for Halle Berry's performance. As Catwoman. Great. In the movie Catwoman. Great. From 2004. Great. I hear it's, I hear it's good. I hear, I've always heard it's one of the best comic book movies. I can't believe it only took three years for 9-11 to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe you would say that. It's terrible. About 9-11. <laughs> This garbage, dude. <laughs> Both 9-11 and Catwoman are garbage. There, there the similarities end, but you do have a point, sure. I mean, hey. Other characters we have here. Neil Hamilton as Commissioner Gordon and Stafford Rep as Chief Miles O'Hara, who is not a character from Batman at all. They just put him in so that Gordon would have somebody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> They just invented random Irish detective. Fuck yeah, dude. I love him, though. He's, He's great. my favorite. I kind of like how, like, Commissioner Gordon's one of my favorite Batman characters. Yeah. Uh, He's he's low-key one of the most underrated and integral characters in Batman. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But not, not so much in the 60s one. He's like a buffoon. He can't do anything without Batman's help. Like the the cool thing about Gordon is he's like actually really capable, but in the sixties Batman, no, no, the cops are useless. Without yeah. Batman's help, everyone would be, everyone would not be, everyone would be fucked. Yeah, everyone couldn't do nothing. So yeah, and then finally, last major person here, Alan Napier as Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, I bring this up because this guy has a really funny quote on being hired to play Alfred. I had never read comics before. My agent rang up and said, I think you are going to play on Batman. I said, what is Batman? He said, don't you read the comics? I said, no, never. He said, I think you are going to be Batman's butler. I said, how do I know I want to be Batman's butler? It was the most ridiculous thing I had ever heard of. He said, 
it may be worth over $100,000. So I said, I was Batman's butler. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. That's great. So. And for the money, baby. I think it's finally time to dig into this actual fucking movie. I've talked a long time. I I would like you to talk a bit and tell us what happens in this movie. Is there a plot? I don't know. Sort of. Fun thing about this movie is we're going to spend more time talking about stuff around this movie and memes about this movie than we are about the movie. Because, like, there's a lot of scenes, but not a whole lot, like, as far as plot description happens. Nothing happens at all. Right. (laughs) So, begin Batman. Iconic music. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, they waste no time starting you out. Fun little spotlight color. Oh, the little, opening credits little are great. Title, yeah. title crawl thing. You get all the characters running around being goofy with, Very with like, 60s. colored spotlights on them. It's fun. Uh, we immediately see, after that after that fun little title title screen thing, we see uh, a yacht. And the whole plot behind this is that this yacht was stolen? Is that the idea? Yes. Or lost at sea? Well, the Commodore... Commodore Schmidlap... Right. Uh... Of this boat is also an inventor, and he yeah. has invented a device that right. can remove moisture from people, but not kill them, but turn them into dust, right? But not kill them, right? It's basically like a like a ancient old version of Thanos, right? That just turns people into dust on this. But boat. you can turn them back; it's fine. So, like, he has this, and like I, the villains. Kidnap him, we assume. Right. I, I don't know. If the plot seems shaky, it's because it is. Yeah. There's something about it like going going missing or is lost at sea out at this location. They got pinged for it. So they call Batman for help. Mm-hmm. Him and Robin start off the movie. They open up the bus. They hit the button. This iconic shit. The bookcase opens and they... Go down, go down the tubey tube. Oh, and they f- they they flip the switch that puts on their costumes. For Automatic them. costume change button. I don't know how that works while you're sliding it, on a pole. It but doesn't. It really nothing in the show works. No, but it's great. Necessarily, movie. It's I so mean. funny. So, you get, so they run down into the Batmobile, which is sharp as fuck. By the way, love the Batmobile. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the Batmobile was designed by legendary car designer George Barris. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also designed the Munster Mobile, the Coach or whatever it's called. Yeah, and the Beverly Hillbillies car. He designed a lot of iconic vehicles throughout film history. Uh, he kept the Batmobile until 2013 when he sold it. Want to guess how much the '60s Batmobile sold for? Got at least two and a half million, three million. I was like basically double what you said. Really, five That's million dollars? Four million six hundred twenty thousand dollars. Holy shit, that's that's more than I could have ever imagined. That's worth it. The Batmobile's sick. This is like my favorite Batmobile. It's literally a car. It doesn't look stupid. But it's sharp as fuck. It's sharp. Yeah. It's, I that, love it's, a, it. it's a damn fine car. <laughs> I love the red tint. I have the fucking skin for it on the more modern looking Batmobile in Arkham Knight, and I won't ever wear a different one. That's the, the one Batmobile. I wore the entire time, That too. thing looks so cool with the it's red sick. tints on it. It's sick. I love that shit. But there's other vehicles in this movie. Yep, so they take the they take the Batmobile. 
over to the bat copter. That's they right. They take their bat vehicle to go get another bat vehicle. They do this twice in the movie. They do this a lot. In this movie. <laughs> so the the bat copter and uh, also the bat boat and the bat cycle were all created for the movie, part of the movie's budget. However, they are in the show. However, except for the bat cycle, they aren't actually in the show. They just use stock footage from this movie to show Batman and Robin going somewhere via bat boat or bat copter. And that's it. They never use these again after the movie. They never actually used them. Right, it's too expensive. Oh, yeah. That was probably one of the biggest uh, issues with the TV show's production in general. Cost way too much money to make. And uh, that's why it probably didn't last that long. Right. Sad. I'm glad it happened, though. It's an important cultural event. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It'll live on forever in yeah. infamy. Yeah, I love I adore it. I adore everything about 60s Batman. I grew up on it uh, because of my father, who was a big fan of it when he was a kid. Yeah. He was, uh, he was very young when it was premiering, but like... It was four kids. Yeah. You know? No, he was the targeted audience. He was the target yeah. audience. My father was definitely target audience growing up. That was his shit. He adored it so much. And then, you know, coming into now. And he fully admits it, too. He knew what he told me. He knew back then it was stupid. He loved that it was the stupid. The people who made it knew it was stupid. Hey. They made it stupid on purpose. Yeah, he loved that. He they thought were it was like, so comics much fun. are stupid. Let's make stupid. Right. It, it's genius. Really. Batman and Robin will fight the villain this week known as the Bookworm. And he will put them in a book but it's a cookbook so they will be being cooked right they have to escape from the giant book it's stupid yeah it's like the dumbest shit everyone's ever came up with it's great yes it takes a talent especially you know to write dumb shit this interesting yeah like I, i think it's a different kind of talent than writing well and believable it's kind of like writing comedy in a way. Yeah, it you is. have to find a way to make it so that it's it's interesting enough that it you'll watch it and laugh at it and have a good time and not like hate it. Right. They strike this balance somehow throughout the whole thing, and I I adore it. They do an excellent job. So they come over this yacht in the bat copter and they mm-hmm. let down a little la- a little ladder. The bat ladder. Bat ladder. It's labeled. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like everything in this movie. And, you have uh, to put the little label at the bottom of the ladder. It's so good. <laughs> so they, they let the ladder down over the yacht so Batman can try to get on the yacht, and he's telling Robin to adjust it properly, all that shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly, the yacht disappears, and a shark comes up out of the water. Oh. It bites Batman's leg. This might be... Like, I don't know. This movie has a lot of my favorite things ever. This is one But this might be the best thing. It's at the beginning of the movie... And the bomb thing happens later, and that might be my favorite thing. The but, bomb thing's but like, my favorite thing. But. Oh, the bat sharks it's repellent bat spray is the stupidest thing anyone has ever come up with. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hand me down the shark repellent bat spray. Robin climbs down. a line from a film. Yes. <laughs> Robin climbs down the ladder and hands it to him. While he's punching the shit out of the shark, by the way. Yeah, and it's like clearly just like a prop, so like it makes this hollow fucking noise as he's hitting it. (laughs) It looks fake as shit. I love it. It's clearly not a shark. 
He sprays it and falls into the water and explodes. Yeah, as if it wasn't weird enough that he gets attacked by a fake shark and then beats it a lot and then sprays it away. It explodes after that. Mm -hmm. That scene's incredible. Partially and immediately cut to a press conference. <laughs> it is a quite a harsh transition. Batman Batman does press conferences like Bill Belichick. <coughs> He's kind of like there were no more questions about that. Don't ask me about that. <laughs> Just looking forward to the Joker next week. <laughs> we're on to bookworm. <laughs> and yeah, he just asks a bunch of questions, and then we get introduced to uh, one of our main characters. I forget her name. What's her name? Well, it's Catwoman. But it's Catwoman. But, but it's like five a... Russian names. Yeah. <laughs> but it's for, it's pronounced Kitka. I think it's Kitka. It but like she has like five different names. It's clearly fake. Oh yeah, the that's the joke. All right. I love that and joke. Batman's Batman Robert too stupid to notice. Yeah, Batman is really too stupid to notice, but we'll get to that later as the plot thickens. He's a horny boy. <laughs> this is like the horniest Batman has ever been, probably 60s Batman. I love it. Maybe like that or like 70s comic Batman when you get the League of Assassins shit. Oh, yeah. He's just like shirtless sword fighting Batman is pretty horny. Yeah. But like horny. this one is this one's up there. This is like doing that dance Batman yeah, it begins to happen later on. Oh God! <sighs> so she asks him a question, and he really just kind of brushes her aside, makes nothing of it. Well, because she asks him to reveal his identity. Yeah, he's like, oh, nope, sorry, bud. Yeah, and then, and then they leave. Mm. Robin's like, we have to, we can't even tell our relatives back home, which narrows down the search for Batman and Robin because they have relatives at home. But whatever. Yeah. Well. Uh. By the way, Robin shouldn't, because orphan. Batman also doesn't, by the way. Yes, but for the show only, Robin has an Aunt Harriet that lives at home at Wayne Manor. Hangs out with Alfred, cleaning the house all the time. This Robin's actual aunt. Um, They just made her up, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, and they only made her up so that they could have hijinks where they have to hide their secret identity from someone at the house they live at. That's it. Genius, honestly. Because <laughs> Alfred knows. Yeah. Alfred's on, in on the scam, really. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if scam's the right word, but whatever. Batman's a scam. <laughs> also, prom. Batman is a deputized... Part of the police force, by yeah. the way. He's an official part of the police force. A-cab. He's not really a vigilante. He's no. not working outside of the police jurisdiction. He is the police. They literally consistently beg him for help because the police are incompetent. <laughs> he's, the, he's like the only good cop on the whole force. But he's also not a cop at all. He just beats the shit out of They don't know who he is. I and they know. let him be a deputized cop. Dude, he just beats the shit out of people. He's a great cop. You know what? That's why they. That's why they don't ask questions. They're like, he beats up all the right people. You know, we got. Oh, I see, Batman. You beat up another three black kids this week. Here's a gold star. Precisely, Robin. Urban youths are a threat to Gotham. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. <coughs> that made me caught. <laughs> well, this show was like really like. Uh, 
overt in its pro police, pro war bonds kind of stuff. Like yeah. Batman would talk to you on the commercial break and say, support the war in Vietnam and shit like that. Right. Okay. Like it was, this was a different era. The politics were dicey. Oh yeah. Uh, <coughs> but who cares? Show's great. Yeah, show's the, fun. That's the only thing. I really Commercials liked. aren't don't exist anymore for the show anyway. Just watching. If I watch a random episode of '60s Batman, find the one where he defeats the Joker in a thrilling battle of wits. I'm just kidding. They have a surfing competition. Find that one. That yeah. one is great. Yeah, I've seen footage of that one. It's fantastic. <laughs> My favorite scene in 60s Batman is not in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have one you could think of off the top of your head, but mine is personally, there is an incident where the commissioner calls Bruce Wayne and then says, we're going to keep you on the line because we want you to talk to Batman about something. So we're going to call Batman. And then Adam West pulls off the stupidest thing ever where he talks to himself through an entire conversation as Batman and Bruce Wayne Jesus talking Christ. to each other. I've seen this. It's incredible. It's beautiful. <laughs> it doesn't make any... He, like, picks up the phone for each conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I remember that so vividly. It switches back and forth constantly. And he doesn't... His voice doesn't change, by the way. Yeah. We didn't get to Batman changing his voice to protect his identity. He just sounds like Adam West. Right. <laughs> so it, nobody, makes it, even, it makes it even funnier that it's just the same guy for each voice. Yeah, nobody bats an eye. No one no one notices. Nah. No, nor does anyone care. Nah. Fuck it. I love it. <laughs> so next we get introduced to our villains, correct? Yeah. Well, they... Well... They speculate, and we have this scene that is basically like what was parodied in Black Dynamite. Yeah. Where, like, our heroes have a discussion about who could be behind this, and they just, like, vomit out words that somehow point them in the direction of a, a culprit. Right. Like, and it's, like, as stupid as, like, Robin going, like, it happened in the sea. Sea? Sea is in Catwoman. <laughs> It makes no sense. Because, like, they find a reason to point the finger at all four currently at large super criminals. Joker, Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman. Right. And then we cut to them. Yes. Yeah. So. And they're just hanging out. Yep, they are hanging out on the boat. Not on a boat. Oh, sorry. Just in the back of a bar. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that they... they that fooled, they pretend is a boat. Right. The full, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Commodore Schmidlap. That's right, Schmidlap. I can't forget that name either. That's a <laughs> I still stupid can't. ass name. Just to show you how bad I am with names, I still forget Schmidlap. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen this movie like six times. Well, I mean, I just saw it yesterday and it was on my mind because it's such a weird name. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just forget names. I'm just really terrible with names. Right. So, good old they they had, they kind of show a little thing where they go to they, they see you see Schmidlap like in his room. That they made for Joker him. gives him tea, and yeah. the dude's not suspicious at all that, like, a the maitre d' is the Joker. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't fucking give a shit. Thank you for the tea. Wow, your skin is such a ghastly pale. <laughs> <laughs> and the Joker's like, oh, I don't get out of the store, of the engine room much, or whatever he says. Yeah. Uh, I love the set design so much. It's like... 
the best thing about 60s Batman. Yeah. Just, I, I could spend the whole movie just looking at the background and seeing stupid shit. There's so much going on. They just have a stack of drawers that just say colors on them, and I don't know why... But I saw that in the background. It's just drawers <laughs> with, like, red, blue, green. And I'm like, oh, that's where they keep the blue. <laughs> like, I don't understand what it's for. I, it's where they keep the entire basis for the color blue in the world. What is the drawer for? It just says blue. In this drawer, we hold the concept of red. <laughs> Colors wouldn't exist. And there's just like, you know, like the Joker's little corner is just like something labeled jokes. And it's like books. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Riddler. Uh, Catwoman has a cat the whole time. Yeah. Penguin has various stupid ass penguin things. Umbrellas. An entire submarine, as we see. Yeah. Soon. Mm-hmm. That he purchased. Just was allowed to do so. He's a rich man. <laughs> World War II submarine. Yep. Yeah. With his own crew. Yeah. I, I love the henchmen characters in 60s Batman, too. Yes. They're all non-characters. They're just they're just dudes <laughs> hanging out, having a good time with your favorite supervillains. To the point where, like, later where we get the guinea pigs who just, like, willingly submit themselves to death. No questions asked. They're just Literally like, no words spoken. Yo-ho. Yep, that's, <laughs> the that's only, it. The only line any of them speak. They so, say, yo-ho. We just introduce ourselves to the villains, and they, like, argue amongst themselves, because yes. of course they do. Right. Um, I like that aspect of this movie. Mm-hmm. And they, they hatch out a plot, like, oh, we're going to kidnap Bruce Wayne. I think that's later. Is that later? Well, I know it's easy to get mixed up, but uh, I think they're going to do something with the submarine first. Oh, that's right, yeah. And Because Batman and Robin go to the buoy far off in the distance of the picture right, and then, of the ship. Yeah. And then they And they find out that that was projecting the image of the ship. Right, and they call that out. So they go to the buoy and then they're attacked by Penguin's death submarine. Right. Uh and they sh- get missiles shot at them. Yeah. Uh and Batman has <laughs> a fucking device on his belt that lets him just say the missiles don't attack him, but then the batteries run out on that device. <laughs> <laughs> so then the third missile is going to kill him but it cuts away before it does but then the explosion happens so then like you know all the villains are like hooray we've successfully killed him which by the way happens like six times <laughs> yes but then like Batman and Robin are fine and they talk about how a, a porpoise got in the way and ate the missile like completely got obliterated by the missile and Batman is like, it was tremendous luck that that was <laughs> got in the way. And like, we don't see that happen. But it's way funnier that we don't. Yeah, I, I, I love that we don't see it. They are just... Then what the villains point? change their plan right. to kidnap Bruce Wayne so that Batman will come rescue Bruce Wayne. So they can beat him up. So that they can... No... It's stupider than that. So that they can jettison him from some kind of spring out the window. And then he will land on the penguin's exploding octopus. Obviously. Yeah, beat him up. That was their plan. (laughs) (laughs) That thing is there so somebody else can step on it. Yeah, that happened. (laughs) I want to discuss death count. 
Yes. And whether we'll keep a total. We should. Do you think 60s Batman will be high? Because I think, by my count, six people die in this movie. It is exactly six. And that's weird, because I didn't think anyone died in 60s Batman. But you can't really deny that that dude who got jettisoned out the window while fighting Batman, and well, fighting Bruce Wayne, uh, that dude's dead. No, he got he, exploded. He got exploded. There's no way. And then the five guinea pigs get turned irreparably from dust. And they don't ever resolve that, so I have to assume those guys are dead, too. Well, uh, according to Batman, they all turned into, like, molecules. Yeah, so like there's dead. no dust. Right. Okay, I got you. I got you. I don't, but for the sake of the movie, I'll go with I'll this. explain it when we get there. You can't... I under, No, I understand. <laughs> But there's no logic to understanding <laughs> no, 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 it. You no, just no, no. have to go with it. I'm saying within the realm of the movie. Yeah, you just have to go with everything right. that happens. And that's part of the ride. That's yeah. part of the fun. That's that's great. Yeah. There's no logic in 60s Batman at all. Mm-hmm. Just things happen. <laughs> right. So yeah, their plan is to kidnap Bruce Wayne by using Catwoman in disguise as Katya yeah. to... The honeypot him? Yes, basically. <laughs> um, and it works because Bruce Wayne is a fucking sap for pussy. He is horny. Uh, he's fucking, he is horny. He's just immediately on the first date going like, all right, I have I have this dream <laughs> that we will fuck. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And they go back to his... Or like to, so, they go to a hotel or something. Yeah, you know? so they're expecting. Yeah. So going into this, uh-huh. I mean, Bruce Wayne talks to Robin, and they they speculate. They're speculating that Katya will be kidnapped right. by the villains. Yes. Uh, be, oh yeah, because she got riddles. Right. Which is a recurring thing. The Riddler constantly gives them riddles. He gave them some at the at the buoy. He shot a yes. Polaris missile. Robin says, "Holy Polaris." Uh, <laughs> And 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 the riddles. I don't remember all of them, but they're they're all equally stupid. They're really dumb. Uh, the yeah. one that's like uh, it's incredible stretches to actually what's reach what's dangerous and red and flies, and it's like a sparrow with a machine gun. Like yeah. that's pretty specific. That's one uh, of my favorite <laughs> lines. That's how they're like able to figure out Katya will be kidnapped. Right. Like I don't know if that was part of the plan to. Do the riddles that Batman would understand so that he would think this. No, I think he just stumbles into it. it doesn't matter who cares. Right. Robin and Alfred... Tailing. ...are tailing Bruce Wayne and Katya on their date, and they are about to, like, make out a bunch and fuck. So Robin's like, I'm not watching this. We have to have some decency. But then Alfred seems to be weirdly into it. And wants to watch it? <laughs> He's just worried about Master Bruce, dude. Oh, he was worried about Master something. I don't know about Bruce, though. Mm. Alfred's a dirty old pervert. Yep. And Robin... I don't know how old Robin's supposed to be. <laughs> well, technically, he's still a supposed boy. Supposed to be his young ward, but Bert Ward doesn't necessarily always look like a young ward. Because he's not young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm very much not a huge fan of like no pants Robin. I hate yeah. that look so much. Me too. Uh, thankfully, Robin, and much like Batman himself, uh, was given 
grittier redesigns as the years went on. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. These costume designs are terrible. But it's also part of the fun. Oh, yeah. No, if they looked good, it would ruin it. Right. Um, well, I think the villains look actually very good. But then, like, the actual Batman costume itself with the eyebrows... Terrible. ...is so fucking silly. Terrible. Yeah. But I love it because it's terrible. And the rest of this shit is so fucking goofy that it fits. Yeah, like it wouldn't it wouldn't work any other way. If you if you put the Batman eighty nine costume on him and set him in this, terrible. That would be weird. The worst. Well, conversely, a funny thing you could do in Arkham Knight that I'm playing through right now is you could wear the sixties Batman outfit. Right. But then the serious as fuck story of Arkham Knight is completely ruined if you wear that outfit. <laughs> Guess what I did? Did you wear it the whole game? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm gonna wear it for the new game plus and laugh. Because, like, I don't know. I don't know if I could take seriously, like, oh, my God, Barbara Gordon was just shot to death in front of me when it cuts to the fucking eyebrows, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't like that game so much. Jim, it's not your fault. And it's fucking eyebrows, Batman. Yeah. I can't. I don't know if that'll work. I don't know. Get the Robin. Get the Barbara getting shot bat repellent. <laughs> That's what you should have did when Barbara got uh, paralyzed. You just sprayed her with the anti-paraplegic spray. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god. When uh, when Robin was killed by the Joker, he should have sprayed the anti-dead spray. You know what it would have been? But like, life. Robin, get the anti-gimp bat repellent. <laughs> they would have fucking sprayed it because it's the '60s and they're fucking shitty. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Movie. Where are we? <laughs> So we're, we're at trying the date. to fuck. Right. They're yeah. trying to fuck. Robin turns off the thing. He's like, we have to be decent. And Alfred's like, I want to fucking watch. And therefore, jerking. when they're not watching, villain stuff happen. They bust it and literally go like, this is a kid. <laughs> and they all just They're walk very in. subtle. Yeah. <laughs> they come right in through the window after, while riding, oh, riding in. Oh, the penguins. <laughs> broomstick umbrellas. Yeah. That fly jetpack umbrellas. They're called you call them they, jetpack umbrellas. They look like witches on broomsticks. Right. Yeah. Which uh, is great. <laughs> the far away shots are so funny because you could clearly tell they just had like the stick. Yeah. And they're just making it go across the screen. It's beautiful. Uh, the effects are so quaint. So not good, but it's completes the picture. It does. It's part of the charm. <laughs> All of this comes together as one amalgamation of just, like, charming dumb shit that you can't help but the love. If they gave more of a shit, it wouldn't be as good. Right. It's all a perfect amalgamation of just stupid garbage that Mm -hmm. I love. That I love so much. So they kidnap Bruce Wayne. They ride off with him, and then uh, Robin and Alfred turn the screen back on. They go, we should probably check on him. And Alfred's like, yes, I'm gonna see them fucking. (laughs) (laughs) And they turn the screen on, they're gone, and they're like, oh, fuck. You get from being decent, Robin, you fucking prick. So, um, so yeah, Bruce Wayne is kidnapped, and, uh... He's all tied up. He still doesn't know that Katya is Catwoman. Oh. Uh. Could make that assumption still. But he just escapes anyway. Right. Bruce Wayne. So what happens, so so he gets in a little little clever, clever plotty plot. First of all, kind of just tries to assault them and be like, I will literally ram into you guys until I die. Unless you oh, he's really harsh. He's like, I will literally kill all of you. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, geez, Batman. I love it. 
But he's like, I will just keep doing this and be just a little baby bitch until you let me see Katya. And they're like, fine. So they set the whole thing up. Catwoman gets changed. They let him in. They lead him in blindfolded so he can't see. And then he pulls a little stun that goes like, ah, oh, I have a device up my sleeve that will help us. Why don't you get it? And then, they come, and then they're like, oh, we gotta stop him. Get that device. And they come in and they grab him. They go to take that advice, the device, but they have to unbind him first. Oh, and this lets him... Uh, and then he's like, oh, you fool! The shit out of them. Yeah. And escape. And then that guy hits the trap and yeah. gets exploded to death. He gets thrown into that. Yes. Trap. It's just beautiful. So, uh... And then Batman just... Bruce Wayne just he escapes. just escapes. Anyway, like, uh, and then the villains just move on to a different plan. This kind of feels like several episodes combined because right. there's like a different focus for like each chunk of the movie. Yeah. So now we enter the fake Commodore Schmidlap portion, uh-huh. which is my favorite. He's the best. Uh, so Penguin can, is so funny. So they uh, they decide to do a test run of the the ray. That turns people into dust. It works. It turns people to dust. They're like, so they like bring out the guinea pigs, and it is five dudes, yeah, <laughs> in black shirts. Yeah, they say guinea pig one <laughs> through five. They stand Just there. GP one. They GP say two. their one line. Uh huh. I I. Yep. Or whatever it is. Something like that. It's either I I or yo ho because we have this. It's yo ho. We have this captain theme going the right. whole time. It's yo ho. Yeah. They say yo ho, mm-hmm. and then they all get turned into dust. Mm-hmm. Catwoman sweeps them up while the penguin says, "Be careful not to spill any," and she's spilling the fuck uh, out of it. Just totally spilling it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You need to be careful and just like keep them. You got to keep them separated as well. Uh, you can't mix them up. You got to keep them all in separate vials so that they remain alive. Yes. So I. I think Penguin's plan is is it's hard to know what his actual plan was because this none of this makes any sense at all. Find some way to infiltrate the Batcave. Yes. And then grow those guys back out so they could beat the shit out of Batman and Robin. Yeah. That was the plan. I I guess. But in order to do this, he poses as Commodore Schmidlap, who they know is missing and they're looking for. <sighs> I'm pretty sure. Intentionally, but then they immediately badly. know it's Penguin. Right. I think yeah. he knows that too. He's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Because the dumb logic of this world, uh-huh. they're not just gonna beat the hell out of him and take him in. It's like, well, we have to prove it first. We don't want to beat the hell out of Schmidlap on accident. <laughs> they can't get his fingerprints. They can't get his so fingerprints. They have to do a retinal scan at the Bat Cave. Right. Which is Penguin's suggestion, by the way. Yeah. They're like, oh, that sounds great. Let's go. And then they 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 knock him out with gas. Bat gas. Bat gas. Bat gas. Yeah, sorry. It has to be bat it's, gas. It's bat gas. <laughs> <laughs> Hate when Batman has bat gas. Oof. I always have bat Too gas. Too many bat tacos. You went to the... Uh-huh. To the... The ta- bat room. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, they knock him out so that he won't know where the bat cave is. <laughs> and then they take him to the bat cave... And then he's like, ha ha, and then like grows all the guys with the convenient water fountain around the corner. It's not just any old water. It's bat water. Yep. Of course. Apparently it's just like, I don't know what he did to it, but it's like not like regular water. And those guys grow, but then they just touch them and the people dissolve into molecules. He says something about like whatever the water is made it so that they die. Yeah. So Penguin kills these five guys accidentally. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's six. I think that's the final death total. That's final death total. Might be more than Joker. It is. I'm not sure, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that. I one. think it is. I don't know if it is or not. It's one, a lot of implied deaths, in Joker. It might be, might be the same. Actually, it might be six. Both are just as violent, right? Pieces of cinema. Yeah. <laughs> can't believe all the incels. Like, I can't believe Batman sixty six is such an incel movie. <laughs> Inspired so many mass shootings. Oh Jesus. Mm. So, Penguin uh, gets gets had. Yeah. He's like, well, fuck. But then they're like, oh, yes, we realize you were hypnotized by the villains and forced to do this plot. We will release you, Commodore Schmidlap. I think the entire idea And was- then they knock him out and then, like, drive away. But then, like, something happens wrong with the Batmobile and they have to check it. And then Penguin just steals the Batmobile. But then they intended that to happen. And they chase him in the Bat Cycle. Yeah, so what happens... Okay, is... <laughs> yeah, what happens? What I happens? I, I don't know why they do this. Because convoluted plot. Right. On top of a convoluted plot. Right. And, and then, so... They go to pull over, and Batman's like, Robin, take this. He's like, okay, buddy. And he just takes his pill. <laughs> it's... If you see this scene without any context... <laughs> well, even with context, it is the best. A sleep guy in the back... Robin says, but Batman, what are we going to do about Penguin? Or whatever he says. Yeah. And then Batman's like, don't worry, Robin, here, take this pill. It says it just like that. (laughs) (laughs) Robin does, and Batman takes one as well. And they were anti-Penguin, umbrella, sleeping gas, pills. Yeah, Prilosec OTC. Right. I didn't realize even Batman saw those Larry the Cable Guy advertisements. Oh my god, I forgot about those. <laughs> Get her done. Get some Prilosec when you eat too much meat. Jesus. Consume Prilosec. <laughs> uh, that was our Game Grumps thing. I'll never forget that. Uh, yeah, so whatever. It's just so that they know where Penguin goes. Yeah, I guess so. And they find out where he is. Which, like, I don't know. So they follow him um, in the Batcopter, but then the Batcopter gets shot down by Polaris missiles right. by accident yep. by the villains. They weren't trying to kill Batman. They were trying to send a message. They were tr- the Riddler was trying to send them riddles in the Polaris missiles right. that, like, right in the sky, which it makes sense. Uh, and <laughs> it accidentally hits them. I don't know if it's better than the porpoise getting in the way, but the way they survive the bat copter crashing is incredible. They land on a big foam display. They they land on a bunch of foam at a foam convention or some shit. Yeah. And they're like, thank God this was here. <laughs> the Batman line where he's like, it's so lucky that it was here, although I do believe I saw it out of the corner of my eyes. We were crashing. Like... I love that line so much because it suggests just for a second that maybe Batman takes credit for things that he doesn't have any business taking credit for. Right. Like he's a narcissist. He is a narcissist. <laughs> That's the idea. I I love that suggestion. Yeah. Um, so then... 
they uh, uh, United Nations, man. Well, first, what happens? They first? go into the hideout. They go, they try to go back to the right. hideout. Oh, bomb! And there's a bomb. Oh, how could I forget? And they're gone. And there's a bomb. There's yep. Batman got to get rid of that bomb. I was like, oh fuck, I need to get rid of this bomb. Now it's really hard to get rid of that bomb. Some days, you just can't get rid of a bomb. That iconic line. It's the greatest. I don't know how anyone could see 60s Batman and think it's not campy on purpose. Right. If you see this scene. He's this is comedy. Car- yeah, he's just running around carrying this bomb. And then everywhere he tries <laughs> to put it, there's just somebody there. And he's like, fuck, fuck. And he just keeps running around. <laughs> but like comedic things, too. Like it's a baby in a stroller. Can't put the bomb there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a couple making out in a boat. It's ducks. Yeah. Can't put... <laughs> he can't even blow up the ducks. Uh, and then we don't even see what happens. Nope, it's it, away. It blows up off screen, and then Batman is like, oh, thankfully I just hid behind this shit anyway. Let's go get afford, the villains. Because they couldn't afford the budget for it. Well, I don't know. It's like almost a theme at this point, because constantly we see them die and then it just cuts to them not being dead right in some ridiculous manner yeah uh so yeah then we go to united nations yep the penguin shows up there the other villains are showing up there through some secret entrance the penguin shows up and does some great penguin shit just knocks out guards waddles past them he launches oh he launches an umbrella yeah that's pumping out the gas Mm mm-hmm by the way, he's breathing going through this shit. You know what? You're correct. How does he not just fall over? Because he's uh, wah, 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 through. <laughs> and he's at, not breathing. He's going wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Therefore. <laughs> he's immune to the gas as long as he's wang. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because he tells the villains to hold their breath. Yeah. And he holds his breath, too, on the no, way He back. doesn't at all. He does on the way back. Oh, okay. But, like, on the way there, he didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. This movie makes me insane, but, like, in a good way. Yeah, I love like, it. Like, I'm glad to be insane. Uh, <laughs> okay. So then, they're in the, the, so then their plot is revealed. Uh, they're at the United Nations building, and we see... Uh, it's called something else, but, like, it's basically the United it's Nations. The UN, yeah. uh, and we got, like, several uh, leaders of foreign countries, delegates, yep. all arguing amongst themselves endlessly. They don't even notice the four supervillains that enter the room. Yeah, they don't They care. don't give a shit because they're arguing. Fucking Palestine-Israel relations, I tell you what, man. <sighs> <laughs> shit just will never end, man. So, um... They 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 uh, Thanos the villains yeah they're shrinking them in one by one and then the, all the others do not oh, fucking yeah. care none of them care as the other ones are being disapparated the into, last one is still arguing dust by the way this dust is colored yes like the other dust piles were just gray dust this dust is like blue and orange bright blue bright orange like uh I I guess so you don't fuck up and you know which country is which. Right. But, like, I don't know. Why does it work that way for this, not for that? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm glad they did it because it's a dumb prop. Yeah, it The is. files of the world leaders. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Batman and Robin make another ridiculous leap based on a, based on a riddle that they're at the UN building. Yeah. The last Polaris missile. 
Right. That he sh- that Riddler shot before they went. Oh, it shoots up the riddles and they figure out where to go. Right, they figure out they're going to the UN. Uh-huh. So they meet him there and they go go to fight him and then Catwoman's like, "I will kill Katya if you even come any closer to me." And Bruce and Bruce Wayne's like, "Batman is like, fuck I'm horny." And then he stops. <laughs> Katya's not there. Why'd you do that? And then they just go down the elevator, and he's like, fuck! Yeah. So, um, they get on their submarine, and they're getting away, but Batman gets in the Batboat, and then they just shoot him a bunch. Yep. They should, probably could have did that earlier. Uh-huh. But who cares? They shoot them a bunch. A and lot. we have this comical bullshit scene where, like, the vials of all the world leaders is tipping over like crazy and just like flipping and flopping and like about to fall but doesn't even in improper ways like it doesn't just fall one way it falls back and forth both directions yeah <laughs> like somebody's shaking it off yes yeah. um but then finally they're they're forced to surface and that's when we get our iconic batman fight scene with the big onomatopoeia that splashes on the screen which is Iconic as hell. Yeah, people really attribute this to this movie, but it only happens in one scene. There's a lot of punching. Well, it happened in, like, every episode of the TV show. Right. But, like, yeah, people always think about, oh, and then Batman, like, like there's uh, one of my friends who hasn't seen the movie in a long time. Like, the Batman movies. Like, oh, yeah, the one where they punch him and it makes the, like, like that's, like, five minutes of this film. Well, it's, like, the most iconic thing that people yeah. know about 60s Batman, honestly. Right. The mm-hmm. big, like, bam, pow. It's very culturally relevant, actually. Yeah. It's just fun. Well, it's it's straight out of the comics. Yeah. It, it's honestly like, I mean, I don't know how you'd do this any other way if you're going to do this. The Mostly the solution is not to do this. But comics even still use sound effects mm-hmm. to get forth a sound because there's no other way to do it. Yeah. In order to show that sound effect on screen, I guess you have to do this. Yeah. Now, usually it's 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 something you don't have to do. Because there is sound. So you hear Batman hitting a guy. Yeah. But 60s Batman goes one step beyond. As it always does. <laughs> As it always does. And just decides to have that have it say, crack a cow. Yeah. Just fuck it. Right. Sploosh. And uh, they just, they fight everybody, beat them up. At one point, my favorite part of this film, actually. Yes. New favorite part of this film. Yeah. No, no there's, a, there's a long list. Yes. I'm not quite sure what... Like, it boiled down to one moment what my favorite moment is. Maybe the shark. Yeah. That's just so there. funny. So, as Batman's beating the shit out of all these guys, mm-hmm. um, he gets he gets Catwoman's cat. <laughs> and he goes, it puts puts him in a lifeboat. And then it says, yeah. quote, Bon voyage, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is, this is a metaphorical. It's the turning point of the film. You see, Bruce Wayne has been obsessed with Katya the whole film. And as we are about to see in the following scene, right after he says Bon Voyage Pussy, he figures out that Katya was actually Catwoman the whole time. And in my new favorite part of the film, apropos of nothing, (laughs) it just zooms in on Batman's face as he realizes this, and it plays dramatic as fuck. Fuck music for like literally. operatic, like female vocalist opera 
for 60 seconds. Oh, it's for way too long. It's like 60 seconds. Where Batman seconds. just has his entire life ruined. Because <laughs> he couldn't get his dick Because, <laughs> so, basically, Bon Voyage pussy is a metaphor <laughs> because I feel like the entire point of the film is... <laughs> Bruce Wayne swears off pussy from now on because it's only gotten him into trouble. So he says bon voyage so he to says the bon pussy. Voyage to the pussy. <laughs> oh, Clearly this is what they meant by the mise-en-scene of these scenes. Yeah. <laughs> sure thing, buddy. Clearly. So, there's no other explanation. So the villains are defeated. I'm like, oh yeah. Good shit. And they go and get the dust. Uh-huh. And then... Oh, Commodore Schmidlaff's still there. He's like, where's my fucking tea? And trips yeah. right into the vials, then sneezes. Uh-huh. The dust is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're Mixed like, all up. Fuck. So... But luckily... <laughs> they have a dust rearranger machine. A bat is, dust rearranger sorry, machine. That is very clearly labeled as such. Yeah. And uh, all the world's leaders, or, or like, no, just all the world's citizens are watching. Because they cut to this weird-ass stock footage of just crowds of people in supposedly Britain, France, Germany, all over the world, uh-huh. praying for Batman's success at this endeavor to separate our world leaders back into their respective piles. <laughs> So, once they are confident that the dust is separated well enough, mm-hmm. they... Bring them back to the UN room. Right. Put them on their chairs. With a gigantic, ridiculous water contraption. Yeah. And uh, bring them back to life, and it works. Sort of. Sort of. Um, I love that that's not resolved either. No. It's just like, so, fuck it. They're all speaking different. They're, they're all speaking different languages. The yeah. languages got mixed up. Right. Like, the US guy is speaking Japanese or... Japanese man speaking English, whatever. And Batman looks at Rob and just goes like, let's get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they present it better like that. Maybe they're, they're kind of like, well, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe they'll finally understand each other if they can, like, you know, have a piece of each other in them. Uh, but it kind of reads just like they're just like, oops. <laughs> All right, let's get the, the let's get out of here. Let's just, let's just jump out the window, Rob. <laughs> and then they do. Yep. And then the movie ends. <laughs> It's it's honestly brilliant. It is. I love it so much. And I don't know, if I had to hazard a guess, it's going to remain up high. Because yeah. it's not like any of the other movies. I think the closest thing tonally is Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, but those kind of fuck up. They miss the mark. They miss the mark at it. They they're, definitely, go... they're definitely trying to be like this. Yeah, but they don't go as far. No. And they're trying to what... have their cake and eat it, too. They're right. trying to be 60s Batman and 80s Batman, and it doesn't work. Right. But, if I had to guess, this will at least be top five. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are watching 17 movies, so, like, it's... I, I'm i gonna guess. Because, like, what, 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 like, what's the top five just off the top of your head? Like, this one, Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. Batman 89, Dark Knight? Yeah. Maybe even Joker? Then I'd put probably Begins. Yeah. You know, you like Begins a lot. Yeah. I'd give you Begins over Joker, probably. Yeah. And th- um, those would be my top five. Yeah, like this is probably gonna stay up there. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna. I'm just this gonna is guess. Literally number two on mine. 
Well, we'll see if that stays. Yeah, we'll Obviously, it's not being ranked against anything at the moment. I haven't seen 89 in a long time. I haven't either. Uh, I'm very excited. I love 89. Me too. I'm I love Jack Nicholson. Love Michael Keaton. Used to love Tim Burton. <laughs> you know, before the dark times. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Ooh. Oh, God. Oh, that's his best film. God help me. Talking about. God help me. Planet of the Apes. Oh. Oh. Alice in Wonderland. Oh, God. Dark Shadows. I want to puke. <laughs> Anywho, to finish this off. Yeah, let's, let's cap this the show. The film barely made any money. Earning about $1.7 million on a $1.5 million budget. Whoa! Oof. Yeah, they spent too much money on the bad yeah, concert. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but critical reception was fairly decent at the time and has gotten better with age. Uh, we got a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. As usual, I'll keep track of that because I like doing that. Mm-hmm. I would like to see what the Rotten Tomatoes ranking is. It probably has this way lower than it deserves. I'm sure. 78's not bad. I, I realize that... 60s Batman maybe not for everybody. If you like dumb shit, you need to you need to have an ability to not take comic book shit too seriously. Which I think is a problem with the modern age. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, these are stories about a man wearing a bat costume. You you could you don't always have to take it deadly serious. It's a dumb idea. It is. Yeah. It's a comic book. Maybe have some comic with it, you know? Right. And I enjoy a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, like, I think... What I think makes this movie especially great now... is In the modern context of superhero movies... Especially in the, the dark era that DC was going through for a while... Like, if... Still is, in some ways. Joker did just happen. Yeah, but it, it it's a different realm compared to... Sure. It's way more of a drama. Oh, then and, fucking BVS. And, right. Ugh. Where they're just, Sure, like, I got you. Snyder versus Gritty shit. Right. Oh, we'll and you go from again. that. The absolute stark contrast of this movie is refreshing as fuck. Yeah, I agree. I think I it watched, holds up really well just because it's different than anything else. I rewatched this movie the same year that Batman v Superman came out, and <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, and like holy shit, dude. Uh, the, I love love this movie. It's just a bundle of joy. I chose to watch around the same time Batman v Superman came out. And I may do it again just to give myself a palate cleanser after that movie happens. The good version of Batman v Superman, which is not a movie, was released direct-to-video as such, but I recommend it. The animated crossover between animated Batman and animated Superman oh, yeah. uh, was released on like VHS as the Batman Superman movie. Right. Good show. Uh, that's probably the best version of Batman meets Superman that I can think of. And it's definitely not BVS. <laughs> Yeah. But we'll get to it in due time. We have too many movies to get through first. And we'll continue next week with Tim Burton's Batman. Can't wait for that one. Hell yeah. This is going to be fun for a while until it's not. Until it's really not. Robin. Until it's really not. Get the end the show bat repellent. (laughs) 